Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic edition of Dialogue Box. I am Laughing Boy LP, your host, and I am joined here today. <laughs> made a really loud noise. I'm joined here today by this McDonald's Coke, uh, <laughs> keeping me alive with sweet sugar energy. Uh, but I'm also here with three extremely lovely guests. Um, over on uh, my immediate right, technically, I don't even know how this looks on the stream because I had to minimize it. We've got Amanda Van Heil here. Hello. Hello. Is it? Did I say that right? Yes, I've, you did. I'm getting okay. Yeah, I've been you got getting it. like yours and and Shona's name like mixed up all the time. Um, she well, is Shona our... and I are clearly the same person. <laughs> okay. No, here's the problem. <laughs> So with her name, because we had this conversation about how you pronounce Laura and Lara Croft. Like, yeah, I remember that. And so in my head, it's like, oh, it's Shauna because Lara. Like I made the weird. Mm. V- oh, that it, makes sense. It's dumb. I'm dumb. Uh, <laughs> she is our leading contributor over on the media section of Zelda Universe. You can find her on Z News as well as uh, her own streams here on Twitch.television. Uh, we also have... Uh, podcaster and twitch.television enthusiast as well we've got well are, are you on twitch i'm probably wrong about that jacqueline or shinjinator how, how are you doing hello i i don't really stream on twitch because i prefer making videos but i'm like every once in a while i'm like i should get on that twitch thing i've been doing that for years one of these days i'll be streaming well you're doing it now <laughs> what um, who knew? We've also have uh amazing YouTuber uh Yoshi Hunter uh and uh all around good guy. We've got Yo Schiller over here. Hello, how are you doing? I'm great. Hello, humans. I'm Yo Schiller. I am a huge Pokemon fan, so it is an honor to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. I like how we all have our Pokemon paraphernalia, at least in some visible aspects. <laughs> I am. I bought the 25th anniversary shirt. Me too. Oh, you did too. You got yeah. you got the T-shirt. So I got the Raglan because uh, it's the exact same one as their 20th anniversary shirt. Oh, that's perfect. I and just so I, I like, liked this T-shirt a lot because it has like I don't know if my camera's gonna show this. It like shows the starters and stuff. Like, ooh, oh, it does. Oh, it's pretty cool. It's sold well, out already too. Of course it is. Okay. I know. Pri- I know. Prior we'll get to today, it. <laughs> prior to today, I've never worn this Lucario hoodie. I still have the, the little like <laughs> this thing on it. Uh, but <laughs> it's called the Complete price with tag. tag. The price you can sell that tag, for a yeah, hundred bucks now, guaranteed. Yeah, it's it's not cheap. I got it just before it sold out, and I I don't know when else I'm gonna wear it. So like, all right, I'll wear it for this thing. So hooray, I'm wearing it now. It's bright colorful. I mean, I bought like a three hundred dollar jacket that I only wear to conventions, and I never wear anywhere else. <laughs> I'm not gonna say investment. how much I've spent on some of my costumes. I mean, you can. I, I mean, just I can. Three hundred dollars. Okay, sure. I've my sla- I've probably put five hundred dollars into Slave Leia, um, <laughs> just because of like. Between the costume itself and then, like, the hair pieces and getting, like, different ones for every single time I color my hair. So, I oh. have, like, multiple <laughs> hair pieces worth. That's crazy. And I mean, the shoes I, and everything. That would actually be a nice episode to do is talk about, like, the expense of cosplaying. Yep. Mm. And how ludicrously uh, hard it is to get into it or, like, to really get into it. 
Um, but we're not doing that today. We're doing we're talking about Pokemon. In case you haven't realized, um, it's in case you know what it's fine if you haven't noticed. But apparently, this year is the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. Um, Nintendo talked about it for about 20 minutes and then forgot because they were too busy killing Mario. <laughs> um, in the meantime, we'll we'll talk about our experiences with the franchise. We'll uh, kind of do a deep dive into like the history of, of the franchise, what our experience with the franchise has been during that time, going into some weird, dumb, but fun opinion questions. So it'll be a good time. I hope you, you all enjoy this episode. If you're listening to this on Spotify, this is uh, a, not really a new show. I've had this. I've had Dialogue Box on YouTube for quite some time, but we're moving it to an official podcast. It's a real boy now. Geppetto <laughs> is so excited. He's so happy. Um, but uh, this is a show where I kind of do a deep dive into all kinds of different gaming and content creation-based topics, um, anything from mental health to what we've been playing to just games in general. Um, this will kind of give you a glimpse into what everyone is. It's, it's my proof that I have friends <laughs> because it's, I've been forced to like, it's been called into question. So I have to do an episode at least once a month just to remind people, um, that they enjoy being in a virtual room with me for a couple of hours. If you're watching, if you're listening to this on Spotify, then you or on any podcasting service that this is uh, connected to. And you want to watch the video? We've got webcams and everything. Uh, you can go to Twitch.tv/LaughingBoyLP. <laughs> I've got them. I said everywhere. <laughs> You'll never find them. Uh, just looking around for webcams. Uh, don't don't even bother. You just. Uh, so we'll be we'll be doing a couple more episodes on on Twitch.Television. We'll be doing more on Spotify. We'll be all over the place. I will be. But for now, let's get into the actual topic for today. We've got a couple of different subtopics. We're going to talk a little bit about how the Pokemon franchise kind of started out, what our experiences were with it at the time of its launch or whenever we were introduced to the franchise. Um, we'll talk about how the different mediums of Pokemon, there was a lot of merchandise even back then uh, that you could explore and spend your parents' money on. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the kind of that lull period of Pokemon back in the early to mid 2000s where it was just, you know, not cool to play Pokemon or even mention its name. And then we'll talk about some of the fun uh, what if questions, favorites, non-favorites, things like that. But first, uh, so did anyone ever get that Nintendo Power video for Pokemon before the game came out? I can't no. remember if I got that one or not. I know I got yeah. the Nintendo Power videos. I just cannot remember if I got... I, f I feel like I probably did. Um, but I just cannot remember if I got a Pokemon one. But I remember all the other ones really well. Yeah, so I I had gotten two Nintendo Power videos. I want to say ever. Uh, I know the really famous one for 90s kids was the Donkey Kong Country one. But I got the Diddy Kong Racing video first. I got that one. And then they randomly sent me uh, a Pokemon one, and I hadn't really paid too much attention. I think on Nintendo Power, they had like a two-page spread before the game ever came out. They were like, here's what's happening in Japan. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just completely overlooked it. 
And it wasn't until I got this video where everyone was like pretending that Ash was a real person and that here's the franchise, here's how it works. Everyone, as soon as you're 10, uh, you get your first Pokemon. It's like a bar mitzvah. Um, and you just, you become a man. And your father's been gone for like 20 years doing Pokemon stuff. You'll never find him. It's fine. There's only like Not two. Not Gen 3 where your father's a gym leader. <laughs> there's, yeah, I think Spoilers. that's the first time. There's the first time you get a dad. And then, uh, isn't there at least one other protagonist that technically has a dad that you see at some point? Barry has a dad. He's a he's a oh. frontier brain. That's right. Barry's got a dad. And technically, like, one of the other rival trainers, whichever one you don't pick, their dad, isn't their dad a professor? The, uh, Might even be. Their dad, yeah, May. Well, yeah. I think it. I think it's only true in some cases, yeah. But May's dad, I think, is, or uncle or something, is supposed to be Professor Birch. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I know You're that there's a relationship Boogie, somehow. Boogie. So that was that was my first exposure to the series, and I think uh, I don't know why, but I was immediately drawn to it. And I wouldn't say it was because of anime; like that was technically the first anime I'd ever seen um, that I knew was anime. I guess back in the early '90s, right? Maya the Bee apparently was an anime, but I never knew that as a you know three year old. Um, what was everyone else's first exposure to Pokemon, if not for that VHS? Mine was definitely with Nintendo Power for sure. And I remember reading about it and thinking, I, I've got to play this. Um, I didn't get it immediately. I didn't, because I remember, I think it came out in the US in like 98, if I remember correctly, at least yeah. in the US. That and then I got right. it, yeah, I got it the next year um, and fell in love with it. I think I actually, I think the first Pokemon thing I got was one of those little Pokemon, it was a Pokemon Pikachu, like, not a full-on, like, Tamagotchi sort of thing. Yeah. But it was like, it was like oh. a pedometer sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh my Mine's god. Was it just, room. like, Pocket Pikachu or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I had a Pocket yeah, Pikachu. So that yeah. was my first, like, Pokemon that I had. And then I'm going, okay, I've got to get the real game. And then Pokemon Snap came out. And then I got Pokemon <laughs> Snap. I'm going, okay, you know, and I was watching the show. And I was like, you know... Maybe I should play the actual game and and do that. And then I got Pokemon Blue and played it on my old gray brick Game Boy that I still have. Aww. And felt so cool sitting in the backseat of my parents' car, getting my first ever gym badge after seeing it happen on the anime. And just then I just was like Pokemon crazy ever since then. Uh, Shin, how about you? So for me, I... I'm a little bit of a youngin, so I I was born in 1996, right, which is when Pokemon came out in Japan, but like as we were talking about, it came out in the States a little bit later, but I have an older cousin who I was really close to growing up with, and he introduced me to Pokemon Red, and it was pretty much my first real video game. Like, I, I played some weird educational computer games and stuff like that, like you know, jumpstart first grade and like oh yeah, jumpstart. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I I love that little doggo. But Pokemon was like my my first real video game, right? So that was my introduction, not with like Nintendo Power or anything. And I don't I don't think I had my own copy of Pokemon Red until I was a little bit older. I think I would just like play with my cousin, but. 
that was, yeah, that was how I got kind of hooked into the franchise. Awesome. How about you, Yoshiller? Yeah. So growing up, uh, when I was like about two or three years old, um, my parents got divorced. So my parents figured, oh, you know, in order to entertain this child, let's get him a Game Boy. <laughs> so I had a Game Boy with Pokemon Red, and I was playing it at the age of three or four at that point, and I didn't really know how to read. So I got through the game just by memorizing certain actions after talking to every character in every town. I eventually realized like what I was supposed to do, and I, I replayed maybe the first two gyms of the game a lot because I didn't know how to cut down a tree or something like that. Eventually, I figured it all out. But uh, I grew up with the games, and then we had the VHSs for a lot of the first season of the show. So we didn't have every single episode. We had a lot, but we we were there. There were gaps. Like we had the first six episodes or so, and then we missed like the next three, and then we had the next six after <laughs> yeah. that, so on and so forth. So I was I was missing bits and pieces. But then eventually, the show got brought over to Cartoon Network at the nighttime block. So I watched that while I was doing my homework and stuff like that. Uh, so I grew up with the generation one games and I grew up with the show primarily. And then I had a lot of other spinoff stuff. So I had the, the Nintendo 64 games. I, I, I had cards, like my family got me trading cards, but I never really collected them or played the trading card game. But I always had a bunch of Pokemon merch. I still have like my old Game Boy Pikachu carrying case in my closet. I, just grew up a Pokemon fan because my family was like, we need to get this kid into something. Uh, what's the big craze right now? Pokemon, all right, get him, get him into Pokemon. Wow. So that's it was definitely a craze back then. And, I, I, and because of that, Pokemon taught me how to read. And I remembered certain vocabulary yes. words because of Pokemon names and stuff like that. So I actually thank Pokemon for providing me, although a minimal one, a decent education. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're in Europe, you would learn how to type if you were a DS kid. Yeah. I'm using the Japanese games to teach me Japanese right now. That's a good so point. Nice. There's that. I totally just remembered when I got the Pokemon Pikachu thing, the little pocket Pikachu. My mom had gone to run errands and she's like, is there anything you need me to get? And I said, I need a pocket Pikachu. If I don't get something Pokemon related, I will be lost forever. Uh, <laughs> and she goes, well, we can't have you being lost forever. So she brought one home. And I was like... I was 13 that work time. I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> that she was able to find way. one so easily. So, um, I lived in a redneck town. Uh, good point. Good point. <laughs> um, I feel like the best place to have gotten video games back then was like the Midwest too. Cause I, there was one time like 10 or so years ago, I went on like a road trip out to the Midwest and I would stop by different malls and stores. And I found like a ton of rare games that had been off the shelves for like, years i found amplitude which was a ps2 launch title uh in the year of our lord 2008 so it had been uh, like nobody knew what that game was it's like harmonix's first game before rock band and uh it had been, it definitely been off the shelves for a long time but i found it like brand new um that's not the point of what i was gonna say uh i it, you actually reminded me because you were talking about the the vhs tapes um, I used to record things because I guess I learned it from my grandparents because they used to like to timer record everything and then watch things later. Um, but what I would do is when Pokemon first came out in the States, we only had one TV station that would ever play it. And they played it at 3 p.m. Or yeah, at 3 p.m. right when I got mm -hmm. out of school. So by the time I got home, the episode was over. 
So I learned how to timer record so I could just record Pokemon and watch it later. And so I just have like stacks and stacks of VHS tapes of like old recordings of Pokemon from like the UPN station. And then uh, when they moved to Kids WB on Saturdays, um, that was when I, you know, I started recording on Saturdays too. I still remember like the first time, I guess they had only purchased the first 51 episodes so it's the episode where Charmander evolves into Charmeleon and then the show just right. resets. And it was like that for yeah, like a year so and a half. Because we didn't have all the episodes and we had some stuff out of order, we had like the most recent episode we had at the time was it was one of the ones where Ash is training for the Pokemon League where he meets Bruno or something and they go into the mountains and train with him or something. But my mindset, because I was a dumb four-year-old kid, was, oh, they're never going to go to the Pokemon League because if they ever did the Pokemon League, the show would end. So maybe the show just kind of <laughs> ends here. Uh, and it, was, it psyched me out because I would go to school and I guess my friends were watching it on Kids WB or something. Or they had magazines. They had more information than I did. And, they were, and I was like, Orange Islands? What the, what the heck is Orange Island? And eventually when the show did get brought over to, to Cartoon Network, I remember seeing the episodes we didn't own. And I, I remember Ash going to the Pokemon League and using Krabby. And then he, he fought that one. Uh, girl in the kimono with with the bell sprout that was kicking his butt, and I just remember thinking like, "This is so cool! What was I missing all these years?" <laughs> and then finally, they did do Orange Islands. So I was like, "Oh, who the heck is Tracy? That's weird." Right, so, it, it, but it, it was it was surreal being like, "There's more than the VHSs." I thought the show ended. Like a whole world out there, was, and the VHSs I yeah. think took a while to catch up too because. Uh, I don't remember there ever being a way to watch past like the first 50 some odd episodes until Kids WB got it and then they started playing mm. it on the weekends. Um, well, it's funny they might you were have mentioning done like, the Jota episodes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, it's funny that you were mentioning how you recorded it because and set the timer because I did the exact same thing because it was like, <laughs> come on. It, well, I also, I also had like chorus practice after school like every day because I was in all like the advanced choruses and stuff. And humble bragging over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're but over here. So I oh, was gonna be a lot of bragging later. It. Don't worry. So, but yeah, I would record every single episode of Pokemon because it would come early in the morning, and I wasn't gonna get up early en en enough on a school morning to watch Pokemon. So mm. I would record it in the morning, and I I had the VCR set, and then I would have it recorded like in the afternoon while I was at practice, and then I would also go on ahead and record it on Saturdays, like just in case. And so like even for Christmas, my parents would just get me stacks of just blank. VHS tape so I could record Pokemon like all the time Amazing. and then I would just sit there and just like watch it over and over and over yeah I I used to like get blank VHS tapes as birthday gifts from like my grandparents just because I was like no I need more I'm not going to re-record over this like I just assumed that yeah, I could just no. record the entire series and just be okay with just the VHS recordings there and uh god I, I went in a very weird direction because I, I started with like Pokemon and then I did Monster Rancher and then I did Flint the Time Detective. Like I started recording anything that was anime. Like I was so hooked on just anime because of Pokemon that I just started trying to record full series sets of all these different like anime that were just so scarce back in the day. Like we kind of take it for granted how much anime we can process in one sitting today. <laughs> But that's so true. Back in the day, we were just like starved for it um, because nobody wanted to foot the bill to get the licensing rights to just put it on until it got super popular. Yeah, then we finally got Toonami Tom. 
and everything changed. Yeah. Bas- yes. Once we got Tom, because even in the Moltar days, um, we didn't get a lot of anime, like Voltron, technically. But then once once yeah. we got the robot, we started getting the anime. Once Dragon Ball Z was a thing, that kind of changed everything. Yeah, and Digimon, too. I... I when I saw yeah. the tri- the first commercial for Digimon, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I've had the Tamagotchi pets for years, and you're making a TV show out of it? Yeah, yeah. I'm just Now I'm just a jaded, unhappy adult. Um, <laughs> but moving on. So we were pretty quickly sucked in, right? Like, I, oh, yeah. I have a story of, like, because I got the tapes long before the series actually like came out like that one preview VHS tape. I started going to Toys R Us's to find the action figures and the beanies and nobody knew what the hell I was talking about for months. Wow. Um, so it felt like either they were constantly sold out until I realized later that like, Oh, they just never had them. They just, they didn't have them yet. There was no merchandise. Hell, I don't even know if the game was technically out by then. I know the anime wasn't, but uh, yeah, I, I was immediately hooked for some reason. I'm not even sure why. How did you guys mainly interact with the series back then? So, Yoshila, I know you kind of talked about, um, you kind of sort of like acknowledged the TCG as a thing. You watched uh, the VHS tapes and everything, but... Did you mostly play the games? Did you collect toys? Um, I know we, we're talking. I think everyone here seems to either have or at least maybe have had a, po- a Pokemon Pikachu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I primarily played Pokemon Red. And like I said, I used that to teach me how to read. And, you know, I learned all the glitches and stuff too, missing no and all that. And uh, whenever I would beat the game, I don't know that I ever completed the Pokedex when I was younger. So whenever I'd beat the game and go and catch Mewtwo, I'd be like, oh, that was fun. Let's do it again. And then I'd reset my save file and do the whole thing again. And I, I, I think I've joked about this in other videos before, but my current Pokemon Red cartridge from who knows how long ago I played it. The only things on it are like a level 70 Charizard named Volcano Man and a Grimer. <laughs> and I don't know why but that, that, that was one of the attempts I did back in the day. And I, I refused to delete that one because I don't want to taint the memory. Uh, but then, yeah, as years went on, I don't know that I ever brought my Game Boy to school to play a Pokemon battle with anybody, so I never had the the trade evolutions or anything like that, at least not through natural means. I would get them through missing no means, but that was a different way. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I watched the show. I had some friends that watched the show, and I was one of those kids who wanted to know what would happen next. I was always like, when's Ash going to fight Gary? When's the, is he going to evolve this Pokemon? Yeah, I was one of those kids, uh, and... Yeah, I, it might not be a stretch to say that I was a little obsessed with Pokemon, but I, I knew like when it was time to go to bed, I went to bed. When it was time to do something else, I did something else. But I, I primarily watched the show and I played the games and I remember Pokemon Gold just like blowing me away when that came out. And that was, that was the talk of the town when Pokemon Gold and Silver came out. That's what every kid was playing because I was still in elementary school. So Pokemon was still sweeping my generation and Pokemon Gold and Silver really did change everything and at that time I don't I don't know if like Cartoon Network wasn't caught up or what but for some reason I didn't watch a whole lot of Gold and Silver episodes yeah I even like the Orange Island episodes were aired out of order like they should they'd show the episode where Charizard starts listening to Ash and then they'd show an older episode 
where Charizard was still not listening to Ash. And for, I put the pieces together. I was like, oh, this episode must take place before that. But after looking on like Bulbapedia and stuff, I learned that a lot of Orange Island episodes were not aired correctly. Like they they did a terrible job at like uploading them in the way that they were supposed to be uploaded. But I digress. Uh, but when Gold and Silver came out, I remember I somehow saw an episode like I was I was waiting in a store or I was like getting a haircut and they, they put a television show on for me or something. And it was a way later episode where Ash was using all these Jota Pokemon. And I'm like, the show keeps going. Like, when do we get to that point? And then I, I had to catch up. And I, I, I remember when it got to the Jota League and they were like, Ash is finally going to fight Gary to be continued. And I was like, what? I have to know what happens. Uh, it's happening. Yes, it's I, happening. I, I sounded exactly like that with the real high-pitched voice and everything, and I I was very excited. I, I In the truest sense, I watched Pokemon for the plot, and I, it really shaped me into the kid I was today. Uh, I eventually did fall off, and I think we'll talk about that a little later, yeah. but yeah, I primarily played the games and watched the show, and Generation 2 is oh so special to me for so many reasons. I think Gen 2 is just really amazing to us because we had ingested so much of Kanto in such a small amount of time that when they created something that was like it's all new like I I remember when uh going back to Kids WB and the you know the the very first episode they do they don't even start for back from the beginning when they first air the show they're just like we're starting from you know Charmander has evolved. Here's your next episode. Um, and it was like a big event when Togepi shows up for the first time. Like they constantly right. did the ads for what's in the egg. Like find out on Saturday when we air two Pokemon episodes. Um, I remember that it, like when Pokemon hit its peak on Kids WB, they would air, I think, like three to four episodes because the first two would be new, the second two would be reruns. But they played like four episodes of Pokemon a week. And at the time, it was just sort of like, all right, you've got Pokemon, you've got more Pokemon, and you've got Static Shock, you have Batman and Superman. You have another Pokemon. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, because I have a friend who does videos just on Pokemon airing on different television networks, and he lives in Canada, and he was saying that there was a time when Pokemon was so popular on their Canadian network that the hosts of the television station had to come out and say, hey, kids, we know you like Pokemon. It, its ratings are super successful. We can't translate the episodes fast <laughs> enough to meet the demand. They're oh, like, my it's, gosh. It's too, it was too popular. I that And like the fact that television hosts had to come out and say that, I didn't grow up with a Canadian news network, so obviously I didn't see it when it happened, but... Thinking about how I would react if I was a kid, I don't know if I'd feel sad or scared or what, but I'm just like, dang, Pokemon was that popular that it's like putting all their other shows like out of business. I don't know what to say, but that's just that's I know what you're talking about, though, with those old advertisements and stuff yeah. like that. And they they had some weird ones where like Ash would or they had like a Batman one, right? OK, where yeah. Batman's like, I send out Golbat and then like Robin blows it up or something <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, I, I remember all those. It, Pokemon was just way too successful, man. It was crazy. Yeah, one of the first commercials I remember, because Kids WB liked to make all their characters interact with each other. And so I remember, I think it was Pinky and the Brain. And I think Brain sends out Pinky to fight 
like a Charizard, Ash's Charizard yes. or something like that. Yes, I know exactly. And then they what you're both, you know, get hit in flames. So yeah, there was a lot of commercials that just were like when you look back at them now, they're kind of weird. But it's actually really nice, like really good editing skills on the part of whoever was at Kids WB at the time. <laughs> um, no, I it it was. I think part of what helped stay afloat in terms of it and like just being in the the atmosphere of Pokemon was the fact that you couldn't escape it either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shin or Amanda, yeah. how about how about y'all? Um. So I was like super into the anime also. And one of the things for me is, so first, you know, I was watching it nonstop. And then we moved to Alabama when I was during the Johto League. And where we were living did not get Kids WB, which meant I got way behind on the anime. And then I discovered Pokemon websites and me being the huge Ash and Misty fan I was, I discovered a whole heck of a lot of Ash and Misty, <laughs> like, websites. That's where I discovered fan fiction. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, we all know where that's going. <laughs> there are many different ways to interact with your favorite property. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but I was so obsessed with it and i would just go on websites just finding like ash and misty hence i remember there was one called like ash and misty's love was my website that i would go on on a regular well it was not my website it was like my favorite (laughs) website and like occasionally there would be like a huge big deal between like ash and misty i remember there was one it was like I think it was called Forest Grumps was the episode. It was the one where they were with like the Ursaring and they they ran and met each other and everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is such a shippy episode. We love it so much. And I'm going, I have to see this. I know exactly which episode you're talking about because it's like one of the few Johto filler yes. episodes I remember. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So I absolutely watched it for the, the plot and character development. So the, the filler episodes were my favorite uh, because that was where the characters would interact more. And I didn't really care so much about Ash's journey. I cared more about Ash and Misty's journey. <laughs> to be fair, back in the day, the filler episodes were fantastic. I mean, that's where we got yeah, such great were. lines as Jigglypuff as seen from above and stuff like that. Yeah. Like the filler episodes were <laughs> a good like episode. Yeah, yeah. a drying sure. pan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that, that's where a lot of world building came into play, so that was fun. I actually, uh, yeah, I think one of my favorite early episodes is School of Hard Knocks, just because of how many yes. things that where they try to put game logic into the real world and the fact that like oh well Pidgey evolves at this level and it's sort of like as a kid watching the anime you're just kind of like yeah I know but when you go back to it as an adult you're just kind of like what like what do you mean level (laughs) I'm so glad you brought that up because I I have a Pokemon podcast and one of our segments is like an anime rewatch segment so I rewatched that episode for the first time in years like a month ago and I was just watching it and like completely blown away like I can't believe they're talking about like levels and experience and like all of these stuff and like oh like you know Pidgey's gonna learn Gust at level four or whatever it was I don't I don't remember like the specific details but there's really like not a whole lot of anime episodes that 
tie in the game mechanics like that episode. Well, there are times I I think it's because of the anime I thought Whirlwind was an attack move. And when I finally got Same. it, I was just like, oh man, this is going to be so great. What? <laughs> I did that with String Shot. The first time I used String Shot with Caterpie, I was expecting it to do just uh, like when Ash used String Shot with yeah. Caterpie and nothing happened. I'm like, well, this move's stupid. And then, like, I would just throw a Pokeball and then, like, oh no, you have to weaken it. I'm like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried to be like Team Rocket and, like, steal Pokemon and go, you can't steal other people's Pokemon. I'm going, fine. I can't. That like- makes so much sense because Ash, like, Ash was such a bad trainer in the beginning of, of the anime because he would not yeah. try to battle a Pokemon, weaken it, and then catch. He'd be like, okay, let me throw this Pokeball. Like, <laughs> that's not how this works, Ash. Well, you know, he did try throwing a rock at one. That didn't end well for him. <laughs> that's true. The, the other thing, if you go back and watch a lot of the original season of the show, actual battles between trainers were like, a rarity. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't that common, which is why it was cool when Ash actually when Ash actually had to fight for a gym badge like when he fought Cobra. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, this is an actual gym battle with strategy and stuff and they're switch they're like switching out." Or when Ash actually fought people at the Pokémon League and it's like, right. "Oh, Ash had to use his muck to fight." But back in the day, yeah, like usually a battle would be like a minute long and then Team Rocket would come and interrupt and yeah. that was your original season of the show. So you didn't really get taught how to do strategies. <laughs> or what attacks were best. There was a lot of made-up stuff for the sake well, of the also, show, like, so it didn't really transfer over to the The games. fact that Ash was so stubborn, he had to use his Pikachu to fight an Onix, and the only reason why it worked was because the sprinkler system went off. And, like, yeah. technically that's really cool and inventive. This would never happen. Yeah, yeah no, like, like all of the early gym leaders in, in Kanto, he only gets the badge because of some Pity badge. other, like, external influence. They all felt bad for him. Yeah, like, like, you know, you helped us out with this. That's fair enough. Here you you go. You beat the two weakest trainers and and their cat. (laughs) Like, good job. He had to fight Koga, like, three times because Team Rocket kept interrupting. Yeah, and then obviously we all like the, uh, I can see it in the chat, but we all like the Metapod episode where he fights the bug catcher and they both just use hard. I was gonna bring up that episode, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Just like the Metapod, like standoff, just like a hardened standoff. Like just yeah, I remember Misty just sitting there, like like she was sunbathing, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pikachu too. He's got like like sunglasses and stuff. Um, and then uh, you know the Saint Anne episodes. Um, oh, I love those. That was a fun time. And the best part was for me when I first saw that episode. The first half of the episode aired on a Friday. And so I had to wait until next Monday to see the other half of it. Because back when it was me, like it was on the local affiliate stations. So it was Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. They would air an episode. Um, so obviously the first season went by pretty quick. But uh, yeah, it was, it was that episode on a Friday. And I was like, damn, they couldn't have timed that better. <laughs> so now I have to wait until the next <laughs> one. Because as far as I know, like you see, like they've throw a funeral for the kids in the next episode and like Ash's mom (laughs) is just there and they all wind up on a beach with gigantic Pokemon good that was a fun time though because that was the first well I guess it's the second time in the show but it was the to me I recall it being the first time where each episode really had like a cliffhanger 
that led mm-hmm. into the next episode. That's there was true. continuity in the beginning, like, you know, Ash is in Viridian Forest, he catches Caterpie, then he fights the trainer, then they get to Pewter City. Yes, there was that, but that was the first time I remembered there being explicit, like, to be continued. To be continued, moments. exactly. Yeah. Was it going yeah. to Vermilion that it almost took them, like, a month? Because... Uh, I think the, I think so. the longest gap yeah. might have been, might have been, even, yeah, it was Cerulean to Vermilion or them yeah. going yeah. to Fuchsia. I think Fuchsia took a uh, while. I, that one I remember being like, when are they ever going to fucking get there? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, because St. Anne takes place after Vermilion, right? I thought so. I think so. Vermilion's fast. I think it's mm-hmm. at, yeah, so it must have been Vermilion to, I guess that would have been Celadon? Saffron. Well, mm-hmm. Celadon's supposed to be the fourth gym, right? But Ash fought them out of order. I don't. Oh, I don't remember okay. anymore. Yeah. But it, it, it flies. I think the longest gap is when he tries to go to yeah. Fuchsia, because there's there's just so much. That's when I think all the other filler happens. Like they meet Todd Snap, and oh, they. Oh God! Yeah. Ash's stuff, right. Ash's stuff starts to evolve, and all. Ash's stuff starts to evolve. It's a yeah. very. Well, I hope it's his Pokemon. Um. Well, <laughs> he needs character development. Yeah, there was a, there was like a commercial when. They when it was like when Brock left and Tracy was joining and Kids WE kept showing someone. Yeah, that's right. Pokemon. And this was <sighs> before I knew like where to find previously aired Japanese episodes because or I didn't watch them. I just read the synopsis or whatever. And I thought I was so smart. I'm going, I think Ash's Bulbasaur is going to evolve. And that's what's really happening. Because I was, mm. I, I don't think they're gonna let a character leave. I think a Pokemon <laughs> is gonna evolve, and then that means that character is technically gone and technically evolved. And I think they're just making a big deal out of nothing. And then mm. found out it was Brock, and oh. it was like, well, that means Ash and Misty get to be alone together, right? Nope. <laughs> and, and then Tracy happens. Good old yeah. Tracy. Uh, yeah, that was literally almost every single plot thing was an event for kids wb like they made such a big deal out of any significant plot point in the series and they didn't do that for any other show not even batman poor batman uh pokemon was too popular man it's po- it was it's too huge powerful. phenomenon huge and i still yeah when they when kids wb got it they were so happy i was just gonna say like for me i was obviously also really into the anime but i feel like i kind of just like dip my toes into like everything pokemon had to offer so like you know i played the video games i collected the cards very very casually and i watched the anime and because i was just so obsessed with like all things pokemon i had so many you know plushes and little toys and figurines and you know of course the pocket pikachu and they they had another thing i it might have just been called like the Pokemon Mini. I don't know if you guys remember that, but yeah, it's literally the, like just series? like this mini yeah. console, yeah, with like little mini Pokemon games. Like there's probably like a Pokemon pinball game, and yeah, there's a Tetris one. I do remember those. Yes, there's a Tetris one. Yeah, they, they had like a bunch of like it, it was basically like a mini Game Boy, but just with like special Pokemon games. So mm-hmm. I was obsessed with that growing up too. And I actually, when I was like maybe like 2005. I went to the original Pokemon Center in oh, New York City, which is yeah. like now Ooh. Nintendo World. Oh my right. gosh, it was a blast. I had so many plushies from the Pokemon Center and I remember being so bummed when, you know, I, I came back to New York like the next time, who knows how how many years or so after that and it wasn't the Pokemon Center anymore. <laughs> now it's just Nintendo stuff. Ugh. <laughs> which I mean like I was a huge 
Nintendork also, but Pokemon, I think, was always my favorite property. So I, I was always sad that the Pokemon Center got replaced. Mm. Speaking of all the things that Pokemon has in front of it, um, we've got a children's card game about Pokemon, and it was immensely popular when it was first released. What was your experience with the TCG? Did you play it? Did you only collect the cards? Did you just stay away from it? Because for me, I... So, my parents didn't quite understand the concept of trading card games. And my brother and I both really wanted Pokemon cards because all my friends had Pokemon cards. And so, what my mom did, she bought a, a starter deck... But then she said we had to split and split the entire deck in half and like we would only have certain cards oh, out of the no. deck. I was like, at the time, I was like, fine, like I'll take it. Um, but then, you know, I think they had the other three starter decks. There was like the the jungle one, the fire. Mm-hmm. There was like a, I just remember flames in the background. It was like a orangey background. Um, I think one other one. There was like I think three other starters that happened after the main st- the main starter. I actually took a picture. I still have the box at my parents' house. Nice. Um, oh, all my damage things, the little damage pieces, they're all gone. <laughs> Spread out into the. <laughs> I mean, ether. they were really lame back then. Like they were literally just like little see through like, blue and yeah. yellow, yeah, rocks. Hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, but they're all disappeared. But yeah, I, I that was my thing because the the cards were expensive. That was always a problem. Um, and trying to go out and buy more boosters, I actually had a friend. There was a really small Monpa collector store that just happened to have Pokemon cards. They did, that was not their thing. There was not like a comic book store or anything. They just happened to have Pokemon cards because at that point it was too financially irresponsible not to sell these things. <laughs> and my friend would just go and he would just steal like five boosters and just hide them and i was like i think that's the first time i've ever witnessed theft (laughs) just watching my friend do this i'm like you're a bad person (laughs) you're stealing these pokemon cards um but yeah i always remember it kind of being a little expensive for me considering that i was already getting the games and buying like video games in general were already expensive enough but to see pokemon cards on top of that so i tried um we used to have these train shows and well i guess we still do but again it was another one of those things where you go to a a convention center and uh we have a really big convention center near an airport where i live and uh that convention center would have like all of these booths it was just one giant dealer's room and most of them had pokemon boosters or something like that so I would be given like 20 bucks and I would just keep buying like a single boosters for a dollar and I would just like kind of sit around just open boosters just in the bleacher section of the of the dealer room and just like have all these cards. So I have a huge stack of Pokemon cards that's somewhere and I really need to find them. But that's kind of my only like I I find the game too complicated now to understand it. <laughs> Um, but what's everyone else's experience with the TCG in general? I got some of the cards. Um, I attempted to play it, but it was complicated and didn't make sense. And I didn't really have like a lot of friends that were into Pokemon. It was one of those things that like I was really into, 
but the others really weren't. And again, I lived in a redneck town, so it wasn't as as big. There were some who were into it, but it's, it wasn't quite quite the same. Um, so I got like a few of the cards. I don't have them anymore. I think I ended up like giving them away to like a friend's little brother or something because I wasn't really doing anything with them. I attempted to collect a little bit, but at the same time, I had... When I was like in sixth, seventh, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, I was really into Beanie Babies and ended up with like over a hundred of those. So, you know, I wasn't going to collect anything again anytime soon, considering I had a hundred Beanie Babies in my room and <laughs> didn't oh, really. Babies. Yeah, I honestly have not really collected anything to that level since. And then I discovered Squishmallows and that's another story. <laughs> that's recent for you. Yeah, that is very recent. I recently st- discovered Squishmallows, and now I'm obsessed. Yeah. Those are big, aren't they? They are, yeah. So, And they come in a million <laughs> sizes, and I seriously went in to get total tangent. I went to go get some Squishmallows, and everybody was, like, grabbing them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize it was going to be like this. Okay, I didn't realize I'm, it was I'm a problem for wow. everyone else. I'm prepared to fight now if I have to. I will fight for this bluebird. <laughs> Just, like, start ripping people's masks off. They're not supposed to be here. <laughs> She's not wearing a mask. She can't have it. <laughs> Get out of here. I did not Traffic. know Squishmallows were that intense. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they are. They're they're Beanie Baby level intense. Wow. I Yeah, I feel like that's like the 90s kids like collector starter kit is just Pokemon, uh, Furby, oh uh, Beanie Babies, Sp- and Tickle Sponge Me Bob. Elmo. Yeah. <laughs> what was I the had one all said? of the above. Yeah. I, I remember Tickle Me Emma being the worst offender because of how yeah. crazy parents. It was it wasn't the kids, it was the, it was parents, the parents trying to get them for their kids for Christmas. That's right. You're and there right. were news stories in the papers and on like different news uh channels were talking about like have we come have we gone too far as a civilization trying to please our children? <laughs> well, it also came out the same year as the N64. So like mm. everybody yeah. was going crazy over like one of those two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like everyone, you know, they thought Beanie Babies were going to be this huge collectible worth investing in that would be worth yeah. like, hundreds of dollars in years down the line. And then obviously that didn't happen. So I feel like a lot of maybe older generations who were, you know, involved with the 90s, they look at Pokemon cards. They're like, wait, how did this happen with Pokemon cards? But not God. Beanie Babies. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't I feel even like worried is... about them like being valuable. Like I just oh, wanted yeah. them, and right? I, I had the ones that my friends didn't have. <laughs> I mean, I only remember the the rarest of the rare cards back then, just being base Charizard. Like that was the much, the yeah. card to get. Mm-hmm. And actually, I remember um, as a kid, I I was in, my parents were invited to a wedding. I had to go with, and I wasn't. I didn't really care about the wedding because, like, when you're eight, who cares about weddings? Um, and my mom was like, oh, um, let us know what your favorite Pokemon is because apparently like they're going to try and get cards for everyone. And I was, for all the kids. And I was like, are you serious? That's cool. So I was like, uh, my favorite Pokemon is Charizard. It turns out she didn't actually mean cards. She just meant the name cards on your table as a place sitting. So I get there and it's just my name with a little char sticker on. I was like, okay no i thought this was too good to be true <laughs> i was gonna say best wedding ever so, holy yeah. shit, i have a 100 that's still cute, card. though that's still really cute um that's like the effort is appreciated yeah exactly 
you know? Uh, and how did schools, how did your schools handle this? Because my, there was this whole big conversation at mine about gambling. And uh, we tried to pretend that we weren't gambling, but we technically were because we were putting cards on the line. So if you, it, do you does anybody, did anybody here play Final Fantasy VIII? Mm-hmm. Um, there. I know what you're referring to. So yeah, so there's a card game in Final Fantasy VIII. If you win, then you take your opponent, one of your opponent's cards from their hand, and that's your card now. If you lose, they take one of yours, and so that's what we did at my school. But be- because we couldn't obviously use money, and so the schools started cracking down. I was like, well, technically that's gambling because you are betting one of your cards in order to play so wow they would i apparently like a lot of my friends had their cards confiscated whether they were playing or not um i remember a lot of news articles about like pokemon and gambling addiction um i so my school were was just kind of like they they had a very staunch opinion on it and it wasn't until i was like in middle school or high school where nobody really cared anymore because I do remember like playing or bringing in like a Yu-Gi-Oh deck to my middle school and it just nobody cared. Um, but how did what was your like school experience with Pokemon and the TCG like um, in that in that way? I was in eighth grade when it became big. And so I would bring my Pokemon cards to school because there were a few kids that did trade and occasionally like I'd trade Pokemon cards. Um, Gambling wasn't really a thing. It was just more trading. And then of course the assistant principal comes over the intercom and goes, there is a problem with not paying attention and it's these Pokemon cards. And so y'all need to not bring them to school anymore because we are a school, (laughs) not a swap shop. (laughs) <laughs> and so then Pokemon cards got banned for that reason. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I still brought them to school. It wasn't going to stop me. And then my mom held my backpack one time and realized how heavy it was. And it's like, no wonder you have back problems. And she made me take them all out. She's like, your backpack is way too heavy. Your back hurts all the time. This is probably why. <laughs> no way. So that was basically how my school handled it is it was just... Y'all can't bring these to school anymore. <laughs> Peace. Because <laughs> again, redneck school. So I have to Classic. do my impression. For me, since again, like I'm a little bit younger, Pokemon cards, it, it wasn't the craze that it was when they first came out back in 1999 with Base and all that. So my school was mostly just, I'm sure there were Pokemon cards. Actually, I think there were a lot more Yu-Gi-Oh kids in my grade. <laughs> But we mostly would be trading, like, just little toys and, like, other trinkets of that sort. So it wasn't really anything that got straight up banned or anything. But if you kind of got caught with stuff, then you'd probably get it confiscated and then, you know, given back at, at the end of the day. But, I mean, aside from that, just Pokemon cards in general, like I said earlier, you know, I, I always collected very casually as a kid, but I never actually learned to play the TCG because I also thought it was too complicated. And I'm an only child, so I didn't really have like a sibling to just be my go to play partner or whatever. And, and none of my friends were really into it either. So I just 
never bothered to learn how to play the TCG, but now I'm I'm a big card collector and I'm trying to get more active with the actual trading card game because it is really fun, but I, I still, like, I, I have people that I can play with, but no one, like, super competitive or anything like that, so there's a whole world of, like, the actual competitive TCG that I just, I haven't dived quite deeply into yet. Yeah, I was, I, I knew how to play the TCG when it first came out, and then I think nowadays I'm, I've seen enough stuff where I'm like, I, you know, when I kind of dipped out of Pokemon and then came back in, and I saw the TCG as it was at that point, I was like, what what do you mean like and then watching competitive play like high level competitive play is just like a whirlwind um so when i was at worlds it's fast yeah it's fast because it's mostly just people just kind of it's constantly going like like just doing like the thing where they're just like looking at their deck like constantly and just being like uh 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 uh." and then it's just kind of they're just constantly putting cards down there are like I used to think that there were just like turns, but everything happens so fast. It's just like the entire match is just one turn. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was just kind of like, man, I am out of it. And uh, my girlfriend kind of learned it by watching it. Um, but I it just I'm too old, I guess. Uh, Yosh, how about you? Yeah, so I went to elementary school pretty much early 2000s. So I didn't really have a, t- a TCG craze at my school. Yu-Gi-Oh! started to take over, so there were some Yu-Gi-Oh! students, but right, I don't right. recall cards ever getting banned. And I feel bad because I never really played the card game, even though I have some cards that were given to me as gifts and whatnot. And even the Pokemon company still is like, hey, influencer, do you want these Pokemon cards? And I'm like, I mean, I'll take them. It's <laughs> nice of you. I don't want to say no, but I feel bad because I don't play with them. So I, uh, I have a lot of packs that were given to me that I've since then given to other friends who do play the TCG, like Chugga Conroy. I've mailed, I must have mailed him like 300 cards now. So <laughs> I I have a bunch of cards. I don't recall them ever getting banned. I don't ever recall playing the TCG. I don't recall ever trading them. I do recall the different stands at the mall that would sell the trading cards and whatnot. But yeah, I don't have too much affiliation with the trading card game, I'm afraid. And if the Pokemon company is listening to this, sorry, <laughs> I love the franchise. I just don't play the card game. <laughs> That's for the best. Trust me. It's for the best. Your wallet is thanking you right now. Trust me. Just, uh, so I just hear. keep sending so him I more hear. cards. So You're, keep sending him more free money. Just like I don't sell the cards. I give them to friends who actually play. So I'm not doing anything illegal or anything like that. But I, <laughs> yeah, I just right, don't use right. them myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's the thought that counts. Yeah. So I, I think everyone kind of knows, or like, especially people who grew up with the franchise when it started. Uh, I I assume like a much younger generation wouldn't really have known this as the franchise has kind of settled in its popularity. Uh, but there was a time in the early, I would say, probably early-ish mid two thousands where. Pokemon stopped being like just very suddenly and drastically stopped being one of the like most popular things uh, on the planet. And not only that, but almost the exact opposite. Like people just kind of were like, if you still like Pokemon, you're either a baby, you're a nerd. Like um, I remember when Pokemon first started for me um, because I knew about it before anybody else. 
I I kind of did have this like sudden like you know little shoot up in in my own personal popularity like people knew me as a Pokemon person so they would talk to me and then as like almost as swiftly as it came it just went completely negative and they're like oh you still talk about Pokemon like you still like Pokemon and then in order to cope with that I just kind of stopped liking Pokemon probably around the time that mm. I think at first I thought it was just me um because I fell out right when right before Ruby and Sapphire came out and then I find out that like most of people who fell out of Pokemon pretty much fell out at the same time and then came back in almost at the same time um <laughs> so did any of y'all drop out of Pokemon at any point and um kind of what caused you to do that so if can so. I go first on this one yeah yeah Okay, so most people who were born in the 90s who grew up with Pokemon probably fell out of it when Generation 3 came out because that's when a lot of kids were either going into middle school or possibly even high school. And I'm sorry to say, but most people, most students in middle school suck. They're just they're just jerks. They want to act like they 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 know everything. And that includes trying to have that phase in your life where you push away all the kiddie stuff. Yeah, you're like, um, I gotta be cool. Yeah, so that so that happened uh, around the time Gen 3 came out. And it wasn't helped by the fact that Gen 3 was so drastically different from Gen 2. Uh, the mm-hmm. show was way different, the games were way different, and as Gen 3 went along on the show, they changed the voice actors, and mm-hmm. it was it was just a it was a big mess. So it's almost no wonder that that's when a lot of people dropped out, right? Uh, I was kind of lucky. I was never really bullied for liking Pokemon or Nintendo stuff. Like, kids just kind of knew me as like, oh, well, he that's that's Bradley. He's fine. He's chill. He's, he's a good kid. So I was I was fine with that. Uh, but he's I, a I'd sweet be lying boy. if I said, yeah, I, but I'd be lying if I said, yeah, when Ruby Sapphire came out, uh, I, I wasn't as obsessed as I was. I knew how to read, so like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't benefiting from that anymore. You got what yeah, you got Pokemon, out of Pokemon yeah, already. Taught me this. I'm I'm good yeah. now. So so I was a little bored with Ruby Sapphire, and there there was some cool stuff about like finding the Reggies or whatever. But I I think I was one of those kids who at the time was like so blown away from Gold and Silver that when Ruby Sapphire came out, because I wasn't blown away from by them, I wasn't as obsessed with them. And then a Fire Red Leaf Green came out, and I, I still got those. And I was like, oh, this is this is cool. This is fun. I really liked the Sevi Island. I thought that was a lot of fun. Then Emerald came out, and I was like, oh, all right. It's a better Ruby Sapphire. Uh, and then I remember Diamond Pearl came out, and I, I was really out of it. Like, I wasn't in a rush to get the games at launch. I was I was so done with the television show because I tried watching some of the episodes, and I was I was so bored. I did not care for the new voice actors. I thought the dub was kind of bad. And I, I, I was, I was, uh, I, I just played it sparingly. I wasn't as obsessed anymore. The spinoff games were not as good to me. Like after Pokemon Coliseum, I didn't care for the spinoff games. Like I got Pokemon Dash and that kind of burned me a little bit. So <laughs> Pokemon I, Dash. I, I tried to get into Pokemon Battle Revolution and that's actually a good game. That just wasn't for me. I thought that was going to be more like Pokemon Stadium where you have all the rental yes, ones. And there's totally only rental... There's only rental teams, so I wasn't as into it, and I didn't I didn't care for Poke Park, and you know I, I was just kind of burned too many times that I didn't really that I didn't really care. 
And I can tell you when I got back into Pokemon rather obsessively. I can go into that, but if that's a question you have saved for later, then maybe I'll save my answer for later and I'll talk about and you guys can talk about when you guys potentially fell out of the series. Yeah. Actually, that is the next question. <laughs> but yeah, well, by all means, you guys go ahead and answer this one. I'm, I'm jumping the gun a little bit. Uh, Amanda, how about you? Okay, so for me, it was also around Gen after Gen three that I kind of fell out of it temporarily, and a lot of it, it was like Misty left the show, so I was already mad at that. <laughs> and now I've gone back and actually watched the show, and I missed out on a whole lot of really funny episodes because mm-hmm. Harley is an absolute treasure. He was the greatest thing to ever happen to Pokemon. Harley's um, pretty I, great. I freaking love Harley. I love him so much, especially since I did theater for so long. So I, I, I <laughs> so know many Harley. Harleys. I yeah. know Harley personally. <laughs> and so, and honestly, that's one of the reasons, one of the reasons why I fell out is I would have been in college when Diamond and Pearl came out and I was super busy with theater and I was also in college, but uh, whatever. Um, but I was very busy with theater. I was literally in rehearsal every single day or at a performance, one or the other. And so I didn't really have time to play anything. And then also I would get majorly picked on and made fun of for a lot of things regardless. And so Pokemon was just something to add to it. And I wasn't about to give people fodder yeah. to make fun of yeah. me. And so, yeah. And then I got back into it later. But it was just, it was during the, the my theater years where I was ultra involved with it that I, I kind of fell out. Because I mean, I seriously would go up. I would leave for class in the morning. I would go straight from class to work, straight from work to rehearsal, and then I would get home. So I would like leave the house at like nine in the morning and I wouldn't come home until like 10 o'clock at night. And that was like every day during the week. And then I had performances on the weekends. So like mm. I, I did not have free time. Yeah. Shin, how about you? So for me, interestingly enough, like it wasn't Gen 3 that kind of drop me out of Pokemon like with a lot of other people I was actually super into Gen 3 like I remember loving Emerald and I I guess just the the Game Boy Advance era maybe is what I have the most vivid childhood memories with because with Pokemon Red and Gold, Silver and Crystal I was a little bit too young to have as much of an attachment to those games as I do with Fire Red, Leaf Green, Ruby Sapphire, and Emerald. So mm. I, I loved Gen 3 growing up. And then when Gen 4 came out, I decided not to get Diamond and Pearl for whatever reason. I, I think that's when I was maybe like in eighth grade or something. And I was like, oh, like, you know, I'm going to be that typical angsty middle schooler and I'm too cool for school, whatever. <laughs> and one of my best friends at the time did have Pokemon Pearl and whenever we were hanging out she would just always be like attached to her DS playing it and I'm like yo can you put that away like let's <laughs> hang out and she'd be like no like, I gotta catch one more Pokemon or something and then I would just be kind of like watching her play Pokemon Pearl and I was like yo wait a minute like I I back it back <laughs> it you know what like I I, I I I guess I'm still a kid at heart you know so then I, I picked up Pokemon Platinum and I was obsessed with that game. Like, it's probably my favorite Pokemon game still, honestly. And so it's, I kind of have a weird story where, like, I dropped out of Pokemon and then, like, quickly came back <laughs> in, like, within the same gen. So it's it's a weird story in that way. But 
I feel like in like the 3DS era is when I, you know, there there have been other like lulls, but that was definitely the most noticed, like the the biggest dropout that I momentarily had. But pretty much since then, it's been more consistent. Like you know, I'd always get every new game at launch and whatnot. But there are, are there, there's definitely certain gens where I was more into it than others. Yeah, I I definitely remember, especially towards that middle school area. Um, <laughs> And I, I kind of had like a similar experience with Amanda. So like I was made fun of for not, you know, I don't want to get too much into it and sound like one of those people, but like I didn't necessarily confirm to conform to like every single thing. I didn't like sports. I didn't care about football. I didn't care. Um, I didn't play sports very well. <laughs> um, and so I did get made fun of quite frequently for just not liking the same things as everybody else. And so when Pokemon hit, it was kind of like everyone was in tune and I just happened to be like kind of the epicenter of it with my school. And then as soon as everyone fell out, I kind of had like a defensive reaction of, well, I guess I can't like this anymore either. So I just don't really want to deal with this anymore. Um, And I feel like, because I just saw something in the chat and I'll get to it in a second, but it seems like it's very age-based. Like, a lot of people of a certain age, um, a lot of things happened in the late 90s. We had Pokemon, um, as we were talking about before, we had, like, the introduction of Toonami that brought in, like, new anime. And um, one thing I, I even saw earlier that reminded me of this, like, the VHS tapes of the Pokemon anime were done by Viz. So Viz liked to put in anime trailers for things that had nothing to do with Pokemon, I remember them advertising things like Ranma one half and um, uh, uh, what was it apple seed or something like no not apple seed uh, but you know like mature anime and so people were kind of I think flocking to those more mature things or they were watching stuff at home and all of a sudden like everybody in middle school was really interested in King of the Hill and wanted to watch more <laughs> mature or adult oriented tv because they were trying to like they were trying to like we're we're old now we're not kids anymore so if you like pokemon you're still Mm -hmm. a kid um and i was very i i kind of fell into that and it really wasn't until uh much later like from the time i was probably like 11 or 12 up until i was a full-blown adult um, I just kind of ignored and didn't like Pokemon for the longest time. Um, but yeah, I think I just see in the chat, like, so, uh, yeah, I've, I've seen like blue text, so I'm trying to read it. But, uh, Michael Dunk says like, I was in the third grade when Ruby came out and as the first kid in my school to get the game, it was a huge deal. And people were asking me to show them the game all the time. All my friends got the game so we could visit each other's secret bases and trade. So like, I don't think it was necessarily like Gen 3's fault that people fell out. I think so yeah. many people are enraptured in Pokemon at the same time and grew up at the same rate that by the time that the core Pokemon demographic uh, reached a certain age and fell off, that just happened to be the same time that Gen 3 happened. But I also agree with some of the points exactly. that like Yo Schiller said. Pokemon Company was going through this creation period of gestation where Satoshi Tajiri just kind of was like later um, and everyone yeah. else had to kind of pick up the slack and so now you have this big you know everyone has to put their suit on for the Pokemon company and we're not using four kids anymore we're going to go with our own thing um, 
and uh, the Pokemon company or Pokemon in general had to go through this weird transition period as they became like a big corporate entity. Um, and as I as I go into the next question, uh, I think by the time like Gen Four was was finishing up, it seems like a lot of people were kind of getting back in. Well, not finishing up because there were still quite a few years in Gen Four when Platinum. By the time Platinum came out. But around that time, like mm-hmm. people started coming back into it. One of the things I realized was like, I guess what had happened was I'm always behind the curve. So when people were making fun of me for liking Pokemon, I was like, wait, people don't like this anymore. And then when people kind of back into it, it was like, wait, people like Pokemon again? Like, what the hell? <laughs> What's going <laughs> on? Um, but as I as I talk about that, that's technically our next question. So what brought everyone back in? to Pokemon. Um, I know, uh, Shin, you kind of gave um, your story, but Amanda and Yoshiller, what what brought you all back into it? What was ultimately the thing that just brought you back? Um, not being in theater anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, time. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Time. So, you know, graduated <coughs> college, Let's... didn't do theater as much anymore. Um, retired from theater so to speak and then pokemon x and y came out and i was gonna get black and white but never got around to it and then when x and y came out i'd gone shopping with my friend danielle remember this vividly and i've been wanting to get it i think it i think it may have come out that day i'm like you know what let's go by gamestop and see if they have it and so i picked up x and y and just immediately fell back in love with pokemon again and I was very glad I did. And of course, I'm just sitting there just like, why didn't I play this when I was like, why didn't I play black and white? Why didn't I play like diamond and pearl? But at the same time, I'm going, you know, I, I was busy and doing stuff. And all that matters is that I'm back in it now. But <laughs> yeah, basically having time again. And also just, you know, I was married and well, still am married. Plan to stay that way. <laughs> but like after I got married, I was like, you know, I don't really care if people make fun of me anymore. So, you know, if anybody <laughs> wants to give me crap, I'm in my, I was in my mid twenties at that point. I Hell quit yeah. caring. Hell yeah. and, and so, you know, I didn't really care if people made fun of me anymore. So I just, Got it and got super obsessed again. Awesome. Yo, Schiller, how about you? Did not look back. Yeah, so my whole thing was when Pokemon Diamond Pearl came out, that was 2006 or 2007. So I was still in middle school. And at the time I had Pokemon Pearl and I, I, I thought it was fine. But again, same type of issue I had with Gen 3. I just, I wasn't blown away. And I, I feel like I set the bar it's just like way too high for what I wanted out of a Pokemon game. So I just, I, I thought it was fine. But at the time, if you were to ask me what my least favorite generation was, I would probably say Gen 4 for the longest time. And then Heart Gold Soul Silver came out and it was everything I wanted it to be and more. And I thought it was, I still think it's the best Pokemon game. And I actually just got done replaying it and recording footage of it for a, a, a different project. And I just got done doing the Battle Frontier and, I can safely say that it is not just nostalgia as to why those mm-hmm. games are good. Like, those are just solid, well-structured, well-designed games. But what... So, Heart Gold Soul Silver, like, set me on track to enjoy the games again. But when it comes to the show, I, I, I tried giving the Diamond and Pearl show a chance multiple times. And I, I just... 
<laughs> I did not care, and I skipped most of it, and the pacing was so slow. Like, it, it had been, like, two years, and Ash only had three gym badgers, and I was just like, oh, my God, come on. <laughs> then... Uh, then there was news of the of the black and white games and the black and white anime coming out. Oh, for the record, I pretty much skipped over Platinum. I, I didn't, when the game first came out, I didn't get it. I had a newfound appreciation for that later, but I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. So I, I got Heart Gold, Soul Silver, and I liked it. And now we're in the year, yeah, like 2009, 2010, black and white's about to come out. And I'm asking my friends some questions because they're, they're a little more caught up than I am. And I was like, how's, how's the black and white show even gonna work like uh, the, the games apparently are resetting everything so how's the show work like is ash just gonna travel with brock again to this new region and they're like oh no Bro- brock and don are gone and team rocket's gonna be serious and i'm like what <laughs> well now i have to see how diamond pearl's gonna end so we can see how we get to that point and so the Sinnoh <laughs> league was starting in japan and it, it, like two or three episodes of the Sinnoh league had come out and I was like, all right, you know, let me let me watch this. Let me let me see what the big deal is. And then all of a sudden I see Ash send out a hair across and I'm like, what? What? Heracross is back. What? <laughs> and it's and uh, I was like, well, now I got I got to go back and see what the heck happened. And I guess they, they did this episode where Ash gets to the Sinnoh League and he decides I want to use all my old Pokemon again. And there's a whole episode dedicated to him, like reuniting with his old Pokemon. And they're all drawn to scale and HD and colored and <laughs> better now and it and it look they, they look good and you you kind of realize that from the original series to now a lot of the show has changed and it's all like vis- more visually impressive and I noticed that because there's an episode where Ash uses his Noctowl again and his Noctowl is shiny oh yeah and nowadays yes. whenever anyone says out of Pokemon there's like the sparkle effect but what they had to do for Ash's Noctowl is they had to add an extra shiny sparkle effect. <laughs> like all these stars spin around it and then they shoot out. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And it was cool seeing the little trailers for like, in, J- in Japan, they would always do like a next time on Pokemon type of thing. And there was fun speculation as to like what Ash was going to use. And it's like, what Noctowl, Donphan, Gibble, like what the heck is happening? So <laughs> that was all cool. And what really really got me back into the show was one of the most controversial moments that probably ever existed in the show. Uh, Ash had just got done defeating his rival Paul in this three-part battle of the Sinnoh League, and it was awesome, and I I get the vibe that most of the budget for the Diamond Pearl anime went toward the Sinnoh League, because every episode's like a, it's a masterpiece. And after (laughs) all that, it's revealed that Ash is going to go against this guy using a Darkrai, and the guy's English name is Tobias. And at the time, I didn't really have an easy way to watch these battles. I had to wait for people to re-upload them to YouTube in, in poor quality or, or where it's like only a quarter of oh, the yeah. screen and there's like a <laughs> background just... to avoid copyright. Uh, so I, I, that's how I had to watch these. Yeah. And I remember Ash's battle with Tobias. The whole, th- the whole episode, the whole match takes place in one episode. As people were uploading these clips to YouTube, they were getting like a million views immediately and were getting taken down immediately. It was crazy. Like everyone was seeing like, Ash isn't fighting a guy using a legendary. You're, you're, that's a playground rumor. You're making that up. <laughs> There's no trainer with a dark rye. And then here it is. And Ash is getting bodied. And I just remember thinking like, there's never been a battle like this in the show before where Ash is using every Pokemon that he has, or at least six for this battle and they're all his old stuff and he's just getting destroyed but the the pacing is so fast that it's just like oh my god i can't believe this is happening ash is having like 
pretty much the worst day of his life, right? And then he takes down the Dark Rai <laughs> with a septile. And I remember the previews for the episode didn't spoil this. But the guy, his opponent, Tobias, calls back Darkrai and he stands there for a second and he compliments Ash. He's like, well, you know, you're you're a lot better of a trainer than I thought you'd be. Get ready for my next Pokemon. He tosses this Pokeball up into the sky and there's a sparkle and then a Latios comes down and just wipes out a Sceptile. And it's, it's so cool. But so many people hate the episode because like, Ash should have won. They only wrote this trainer in because they needed a way for Ash to lose. And it's like, okay. <laughs> But it's still a really cool, freaking, well-animated battle that really feels like the end of an era. Like, I, I watched this battle and I remember that after this moment, after like two or three more episodes where characters have to say goodbye, the show and the series would never be the same again. So going into that episode or these episodes with that perspective, it really feels like the, the team gave one last hurrah before they, they took a big risk to change everything. So it, it really feels like watching a movie. It feels cool. And then Diamond mm. Pearl, anim the anime of Diamond Pearl ended. Black and White came out. I loved the games, and I actually uh, enjoyed watching the show. I know it's very controversial, uh, but I enjoyed it. And that's that combination is what got me back into everything, was the show blowing me away, me really enjoying the games, and me really just appreciating this huge risk that the Pokemon Company did to change everything uh, forever. And to this day... Uh, it's never quite been the same ever since. Like, they've, they've done some callbacks and flashbacks and whatnot, but it's never... Pokemon really did change when Gen 5 came out, and I eventually did go back to play Pokemon Platinum, and I just had this newfound respect and appreciation for it, because I, now that I knew what was to come afterward, I was like, oh, wow, Platinum's actually really cool. It fixed a lot of the gripes that I have with Pokemon Pearl. And then HeartGold SoulSilver was like, I, I respected it even more, because I realized after this things were not going to be the same again. Like, everything was going to change. And that's what made me really appreciate the Pokemon franchise again, was knowing that uh, every game was always going to be ambitious and that maybe I was just too harsh on Gen 3 and Gen 4 for not being the Gen 2 games that I wanted. But then when I did get my Gen 2 remake, I was like, all right, I'm happy again. I got what <laughs> yeah. I wanted. So uh, Gen 5, I loved it. Gen 6, I know was controversial, but I liked it. And Gen 7, I... I I liked it, although I don't remember it that well. I kind of just breezed through it. And then I'm actually one of those people who likes Gen 8. And I've kind of just enjoyed Pokemon ever since. And I just have this... Now that I learned like, what it, what some of the developers had to go through to make some of these games and the stories they have and the stories that I have watching the show and competing and all that, I just... I have a bigger appreciation for the franchise that I do, than I did when yeah. I was a kid. So now I'm kind of back mm -hmm. into the obsession again, as indicated by the fact yeah. that I have this freaking Lucario hoodie. Are you sure you're back? Fleshy. I, I think I'm back. I don't know. So um, I had a. Uh, so yeah, that that's where I'm I, at. A lot of my experiences getting back into the franchise was simply again because of like support systems, and it's not like I necessarily am a person that follows trends or sets them. Like I don't really care. Um, Part of it is because, you know, when you grow up being made fun of a lot, you kind of hold in everything until you realize it's okay to let it out. And for me, what happened was uh, I, I started working at GameStop after I graduated high school. And I, yeah, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl came out in 06, uh, that like 06, 07 uh, year of school year, rather. And so I started seeing people with their DSs playing Pokemon again. And I was like, Huh, okay, well, 
I don't really want a DS right now. Um, I I had gotten the I I was PSP all the way. Um, so I got that PSP and I was having fun with it. I just didn't really like the DS so much and the fact that they tried to shoehorn the touch controls. Um, but that's a completely different story for another podcast. Um, and I eventually warmed up to it. But I guess what it was was I started working at GameStop after high school, and uh, one of my friends uh, who was working there. Well, I, we weren't friends at the time, but I guess we are now. Um, so we started talking a lot. He was, he, I guess he had always been a Pokemon fan. I don't remember if he had like a big drop off, but he was, he was very much in during the Diamond and Pearl years because for a lot of Pokemon fans, that's like when Pokemon, <laughs> hello cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> that's okay. This is why, Go this is why it. you got to be on Twitch. That's Max. Get kitty cam. um yeah that's uh, so (laughs) when i started working there yeah so that's when pokemon like as we know it today kind of started right especially when it comes to competitive and how the stats are doled out and ivs and everything so my friend was talking about it on it like continuously and I decided because I was like a GameStop employee, I should try not to necessarily pick sides and become a little bit more worldly and open up my, expand my horizons. So I bought the Zelda DS Lite. So I got the Zelda bundle DS Lite, um, picked up, I think I eventually picked up Platinum. I didn't, I think I bought Pearl right before Platinum came out. And I guess I just wasn't realizing that Platinum was coming out. And so I kind of stopped halfway through Pearl and then I picked up Platinum and I just and I beat Platinum. And I think at the point I was kind of like, okay, like it's fine. It's like it's Pokemon. Pokemon's Pokemon is Pokemon. Um I never ever got back into the anime actually. Like I know like it's had its ups and downs, but I think I had pretty much stopped at Johto Champions and like I was just done after during that season. Um but in terms of the game, I kind of was just like, I'm just going to stick with the games. I can't really handle purchasing everything about this platform. Although I say that and now I have a Master Ball. Um, so <laughs> I I was just kind of like, all right, I guess I'm back in. And then the, like you know, Sheila was saying, the uh, the Heart Gold Soul Silver stuff got announced. And I was like, oh, the game that I played right before I dropped off and probably one of my favorites uh that's awesome so i i picked up heart yeah. gold soul silver and i really enjoy or i got soul silver specifically because silver was the game that i bought when it originally came out and i really enjoyed it um i realized that there's a weird thing about heart gold and soul silver and it has to do with the pokemon that are exclusive to each version they swapped fanfi around <laughs> and i know that <laughs> Because I have recently been going through both gold and soul silver, uh, both on the 3DS, because I want to have a full living Johto Dex from Johto. And so I played gold and got everything that's in gold. And now I started playing Soul Silver because I was like, oh yeah, I'll get the fanfi and soul silver. No. No, I won't. Because it's a it's a Teddy Ursa <laughs> instead. And I don't know why. Everything else about those two games stayed pretty much the same but they swapped teddy ursa and fan feed to the wrong game anyway but that's a different I don't know. That, hmm. that's a, just that's a weird, so weird rant that i have uh as i'm going through this experience not to mention the fact that gen 2 eggs are just a pain in the butt uh but 
you can watch my <laughs> oh on the original gen 2 yeah because you don't you don't have heat armor not even that plain, not even that body. it's just like it takes an hour just to get one egg if you're just not lucky enough and like nowadays they just pop out like you can run a little puppy mill with all the pokemon eggs that they got going on there you can't do that in johto <laughs> you barely get one egg per day uh if by the grace of god they let you if by the grace of arceus if they allow you to have one um so where was i anyway going back thank you for remembering my podcast stuff um <laughs> i think at that point i was kind of like i can stick with the games i think i actually really liked unova although it's kind of not very memorable for me i played it the one time i was like this is weird like not ending tra- in a traditional way uh but you know it was very much more story yeah. focused it was trying to be darker um and i was kind of like okay I-, I can appreciate this and i just kept going I think I didn't really, really get into the mania back until like Pokemon Go. So it was like a very gradual progression. Um, and then when Pokemon Go happened, uh, my girlfriend, um, we've been together for quite some time. She like she got into it. She didn't even have like the Pokemon Go drop off that a lot of people had. She kept playing since 2016 up until today. And like she still does, like, tries to make sure to do her dailies and finishes her tasks and everything. Um, and so I think like having that ecosystem of people who were talking to me about the game again, people who were themselves kind of like obsessed in certain ways about the game again, like I refuse to play masters. She loves masters. Um, but being in that ecosystem again, I was just kind of like, yeah, I guess like it, it wasn't a quick thing. It took me quite some time to, to really get back into the mania, but now I'm buying the t-shirts and have that. Here, hold on. Let me, let me get one second. Yes, uh, are you getting the master ball? So Ugh. I got so now I have one of these. I should have bought it. And it makes a little It looks good. Yeah, I'm so it jealous. That's so cool. I'm so jealous stuff, too. So. <sighs> I mean I got mine on my phone background because I'm a master ball rank player, or at least was, but I don't have an actual master ball. I I <laughs> Who's the real Pokemon master him, then? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> he could still beat me in a fight. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but I'm willing to give it a try. I, I lose a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, this was just kind of like on a whim. I was like, well, if I get it, I get it. Um, I think honestly, it's like the thrill of the fight for me with trying to get um, collector's items and things. That's another thing that my girlfriend <laughs> has so like yeah. kind of brought out of me is trying to buy things that are hard to get. It's like yeah, you squishmallows. Now I own <laughs> that mini NT from analog yikes um but that's not what this podcast is about uh yeah it was a slow progression but eventually i got back into it uh how has pokemon helped shape who you are today um and what kind of person do you think you would be without it that's a long, that's a very existential quandary um, well when i was in middle school the majority of like my writing assignments were about pokemon <laughs> Um, I think for me, it's just, it kind of helps me just remember who I am in a way, because like when I fell off of it, I was not myself. And then, so it's just more just embracing just what I enjoy and just not caring, I guess. And it's, I love that. 
So I just, I find a lot of peace with when it comes to Pokemon, I guess, because that's just, I am just unapologetically myself when I watch it. Um, I got my husband to cosplay as, as Ash while I am Misty. And that is one of my absolute favorite things for us to do is to be at conventions and be Ash and Misty. And that's, I mean, really, it's just kind of, yeah, I mean, that's really it just holding on to who I am, yeah. I guess is the best way to describe it. And then I feel like, you know, walking into your home, like it's very, you are very much yourselves and very out there. Um, like, I don't know if outspoken is the right way to say it, but you very much embrace who you are. Would you say that like kind of Pokemon brought that part out of you or? Yeah. I think so. Just because like I was so passionate for it when it first came out. And I don't think there have been many things that I've been that passionate about before. And yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that just kind of brings it out is it's just, I love this. I don't hold myself back. I just, yeah. I just go for it. Yosh, how about you? Well, one of the most influential events I ever attended was the 2014 Pokemon World Championships. So in the truest sense, I wouldn't know a lot of the people I know today if not for that event. Uh, because that was also when they launched the Pokemon Symphony. Oh, yeah. So that's when I got to meet a lot of uh, YouTubers and influencers I that I... Poster. Oh, oh. oh I, yeah. There do, we do go. You, yeah, you do have it. Nice. I don't actually have... Yeah, there we go. Oh, you know what? Maybe I oh, have cool. a poster. I don't remember. If I do it, it's, it's in my closet. <laughs> I've never hung it up. But yeah, that was that was one of the most influential events I ever attended because on opening night, that's when they had a lot of uh, other influencers and content creators there. So I, I, that was the first time I really got to hang out with a lot of them. And then Junichi Musuda himself was there, and I I did get to get to have a picture with him. So that 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 was like one of the most memorable nights I ever had. Uh, and so for, like that alone uh, helped shape who I am because it helped shape my career and wanting to do things and wanted to wanted to go to events and experience yeah. stuff like that uh in a similar vein though i mean you know the pokemon series growing up always gave me something to look forward to like i want to know what happens next uh competing in the games has has left me uh relatively fulfilled i have my own stories of the times i went to a competitive event and used a bay leaf and appeared on a live stream and took a game off a top player and everyone was like jaw dropped at me <laughs> as soon as i got out of the set and it was great and, you know, I, I have all sorts of stories and I realize a lot of my favorite stories regarding my career uh, do revolve around Pokemon. So for those reasons and more, I would say Pokemon definitely helped shape who I am. And I can only hope that Pokemon will continue to shape who I am in a positive manner. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good way to put it. Shin, how about you? Yeah, I mean, Pokemon has... 100% shaped who I am just very similarly you know to both of the stories we've already heard I mean since I've dipped my toes into so many different facets of what Pokemon has to offer from the video games to the car collecting to Pokemon Go now I've met so many different people who are you know very important to my life now that I probably wouldn't have met without Pokemon very similar to you know Yo Schiller with the Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions concert and Pokemon Worlds in 2014. Some of my all-time favorite, you know, n not necessarily like, like convention, but like nerdy event experiences yeah. of my life for sure. And I think also in the same vein as like Amanda, I think 
Pokemon was also one of the very first things that I was very passionate about at a young age. And I think, you know, that sparked just so many other ways that I could express myself through, you know, being creatively, you know, with content creation and just bringing that passion out into other shapes and forms. And I don't know, I just, I feel like now, I feel like more than ever, actually, I think I'm way more into Pokemon because there's so many things now that I do that revolve around that that world. You know, weekends I'll spend playing Pokemon Go community day with my boyfriend or with our other friends um, and, you know, opening up Pokemon cards with friends on live streams. And it's just, it's shaped so much of who I am from my childhood and just currently that I mean, without a doubt, it's like, it's my favorite video game property. And, you know, it's so much more than just the video games, too, with the anime, which we've spent so much time talking about. And, you know, maybe it didn't shape me in the way that it did with Yo Schiller and teaching me the alphabet, but I'm very <laughs> thankful to Pokemon. Um, yeah, I, for me, I a lot of things that I'm interested in now probably wouldn't have happened in the same way had it not been for the franchise. So, like... For me, you know, Pokemon was a gateway drug to a lot of things like mm. RPGs in general. I had already been interested in those because of Super Mario RPG was like my very first one. Um, and so yeah. Pokemon was just more of that. And I was like, OK, I'm, I'm down with that. Um, you know, it got me into handheld gaming because I never owned a Game Boy before. Like I I got a red Game Boy Pocket to play Pokemon Red on. So like I, this was all intentional. <laughs> um so that and like anime in general that again looks like the first anime i'd ever really seen knowing that it was a japanese like animated tv show uh, but then because of that and because of you know friends talking to me about other shows you know that got me into like dragon ball z that got me into all different facets of anime and while that's a part of my life that i don't really spend as much time with um you know it it definitely shaped a lot of my formative years, teenage years, and like early adult years. I I really don't know. I don't know if I would be interested in the same things. I wonder. I almost wonder if I would be more like a. The best way I can put it is like a Western nerd. Like all the things I'd be interested in would be, would be Western properties. Had I not really got interested in Pokemon, um, mm. like I don't know. I, I obviously I have an appreciation for them, but. I am more so if I, I, I associate myself a lot more with Nintendo, a lot more with Sony, a lot more with, uh, you know, Japanese based properties because I built that appreciation from things like Pokemon. Um, so I, you know, without that, I just don't really think I'd have been interested in half the things I was when I was that age and growing up into now. And especially with Pokemon Go, um, Pokemon Go has actually helped me reconnect with friends that, you know, you always have friends where you're kind of like, oh, we should definitely hang out sometime. And then you just never do. Community yeah. days allowed us to finally do that where we could actually be like, yeah. we should hang out. Oh, do you play Pokemon Go? Let's go do community day. So we would always come one, like get together once a month and walk around. And so it's Pokemon's also rebuilt relationships with people who I didn't really have a relationship with. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's really done a lot for me in terms of content creation, but uh, in terms of like other friends that I have, like both 
close by and far away, uh, Pokemon is an easy way to connect or reconnect with them. So it's it's always there, you know, and I think it'll probably continue to shape what I do and how I do things with people from here on out. Yeah. All right. It's time for fun, dumb things. Uh, as we wrap up this episode, <laughs> on that things. deep note, <laughs> me too. Speaking of Pokemon, fun, stupid things. Um, so we're. I have a couple more questions. It's more definitely opinion based. Uh, hopefully, creative enough that it might give you a little bit of time to have to think about it. We'll start off with a pretty easy one. What region slash game is your favorite? Not necessarily Gen, but what region slash game would be your favorite? Um, and Yosh, we'll start with you. Well, I'll tell you what. It, my favorite game slash region still tends to tie together because Johto probably is my favorite region. Uh, Not surprised. I, just, I, I, love the, I love the music and the scenery and the colors. Although my favorite city in a Pokemon game is Nimbasa City from Black and White. So Unova is a clear second place for me. And that kinda how it that's kinda how it is for my favorite mm-hmm. games in general. It's the Johto games and then the Unova games. So that probably is why they're my favorite games, is because those are my favorite regions. But yeah, Johto, then Unova for me. Nice. Amanda, how about you? Well, if I were to pick a region where I would want to live, it would be the Alola region mm-hmm. because I like sun <laughs> and I like water and I like <laughs> it when it's hot. So that is my kind of region. Perfect. Um, but I think my favorite, like, gen and with, like, just all around, I really enjoyed X and Y. And it might be just because that's, like, what I went, what got me back into Pokemon. Um, but I, you know, I really like it. I, I like the Kalos region. I like being able to change your, po- your trainer's outfits and hair and all that and just all the different customizations of it. And I, I thought the Pokemon and me thing was cute, just getting to pet the Pokemon. Yeah. It's a little less complicated than what is currently in, in Sword and Shield with like throwing the balls and making them curry and all that. I thought that <laughs> just the simple, okay, let's pet it. And then like when the, like at one point I remember my Azumarill saying, Azumarill, took out all of its poison so Amanda wouldn't be worried and going, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> so, like, you felt more connected to them. Yeah, it really worked. Um, <laughs> yep. And, God, that also reminds me of, like, affinity points are so much easier in later games than in Gen 2. Um, but, Shin, how about you? Favorite region in Gen is definitely Gen 4, and I think for the same re- reasons that Amanda said with with you know, X and Y is just because those were the games that kind of re got me back into Pokemon, like in a very serious level. But for favorite game, it it always goes back, like back and forth between Pokemon Platinum and Pokemon Heart Gold Soul Silver. Like I just the DS era for for Pokemon games, in my opinion, is I think the best. Like I love Gen Four, obviously. I thought Gen Five was fantastic. And I I really appreciated the jump that the Pokemon company took with a more plot and story based type Pokemon game with Gen Five, and I just thought it was so unique. And then I I think Heart Gold and Soul Silver might have been the most hyped I was for a Pokemon game. Like I was heavily anticipating the release <laughs> of those games, just following the news constantly. All the leaks from Carl Carl on Twitter that you could find back in the day and. 
I remember I was so lucky because this was back in the day when Japan would get all their Pokemon games before they were translated and yeah. localized, right? Yeah, and they nowadays, like a year yeah. earlier. Yeah. Exactly. It was a crazy time difference. Nowadays, they all drop at the same day, which is great, but it wasn't always like that, right? So my dad at the time actually had to do a lot of international travel for work, and he had a layover in Japan, and it was after... Harkle's also were released in Japan. So I was like, father, please. Can <laughs> so you? I, will never, I will never ask for anything ever. Again. <laughs> literally, literally. Greatest childhood lie. And he managed lie. to get a copy of Soul Silver, like in Japanese. So, oh my gosh, I was more excited to get that game than I was to see my dad. <laughs> Good. I feel like for me, uh, both region and games, I I am a big Johto fan. Um, like I know that there's always like a you know everyone has like a slang term for certain uh, Gen fans or fanatics. Like I know Gen Oneers uh, is like a term that gets used a lot. I am so sick of Kanto. <laughs> like I'm just done with Aww. that entire region. <laughs> um, but I I really like Johto because I think for the first time. It just it, it, it always reminds me of a time when I was really looking forward to a video game coming out. Um, and again, I feel like one of the things that, you know, I feel like having all Pokemon games come out in the same region at the same time. I think that's great. But back then, there was always this like anticipation for something that already exists and that other people have mm. and you're just getting news drip fed once a month through magazines and just like pouring over these pages and you're just kind of like i cannot wait until i have this game or even when the game is out in north america you're just waiting until like a christmas or a birthday or something when your parents will just allow you to like they'll find the excuse to buy it for you for those holidays and just waiting for that time to come so that you can finally play this game um I was just so excited about all the new things that were going to be coming to it. And I really thought that the soundtrack was great. There was much more urgency about certain things. Like, I think it's one of the best uh, team themes. And I was really happy when they brought it back for Rainbow Rocket in Alola. Um, I was just kind of like, oh, wow, you brought specifically that theme back. That's so awesome. But um, and even with Heart Gold, Soul Silver, there are so many like big uh quality of life improvements to that game that you know obviously came from other games but even to its own self like the fact that you could have a pokemon follow you around um because it was trying to emphasize the beginning of this affinity system back when it originally started in gold and silver or you can argue yellow but still um there are so many cool little things about it that I just realized, and I do kind of like Johto as a region because everything's so simple and easy to go around and you can just bike from one end of the place to the other without having to worry about things getting in your way, um, which is kind of one of the things I really don't like about Sinnoh um, <laughs> as a region in general. Uh, it's fine. I'll which wait. is a nice little segue into my next question. Somehow, you can go back in time and remove one mainline game from the whole series. Which one is it, and why? Is yours Gen 4? Mm, I'm always teetering between Gen 3 and 4. And here's the, per the problem oh, that I have. Hurt. It hurts! It hurts! 
I, I never really feel like I'm in a rush to go back and play Gen 3 now that so many more modern Pokemon games have improved stuff yeah. so much. At least Gen 4, like, I've got the physical special split, and I actually like the selection of Pokemon I can get. But, uh, yeah, Gen 3, I mean, secret bases are cool. I never really got to experience those in the original Game Boy Advance version. But Gen, Gen 3... It's not that it did anything wrong, but I just felt so burned by it. So <laughs> I'd probably get rid of Gen 3. Ah, my heart. Well, like, I yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily get rid of Gen 3, but I would definitely get rid of Ruby and Sapphire or Diamond and Pearl specifically. Um, I just think that okay. if I had to, it's tough to pick one, <laughs> which is weird thing for me to say. The problem that I... Well, I assume we're answering this with the mindset of like, yeah, there's always people out there who say, oh, well, without Gen 3, we wouldn't have had Gen 4, 5, no, 6, no, 7, No, no, yeah, because so, that was a question. Uh, I'm assuming that, like, if, if to answer your question, it's just, like, there's just this gap yeah, yeah, in yeah. Pokemon history. It's and then Gen 4 still comes out the exact You had a gigantic neuralizer satellite yeah. to make people forget a specific instance in time. Yeah, I, I guess, like, my because okay. my problem with Hoenn is the fact that the it's not the pacing but it's just kind of the worldly layout. And I remember being frustrated because I didn't play it when it came out. I played it long after it came out and I had played Gen 4 at that point. And going back to Gen 3, there were just so many things where I was like, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, there's a whole area of the map and this happens again in Gen 5, but there's a whole area of the map you really don't have to go to <laughs> like ever. Um, and well, Gen 5, that's because it's the after game. It, yes, it is. It's just like, here's the other <laughs> half of the game. And I was like, wow, that's... That's why it's so okay. cool. Um, <laughs> you get the whole other world to explore. Yeah. All right, fine, uh, And that's where all the other Pokemon are <laughs> hidden. That's where your Abras are. Uh, so, uh, but with, with Gen 3, I feel like there was this weird thing where uh, Norman, the first gym that you ever find, tries to do the Pokemon tradition of, you can't do this one yet. Uh, come back later and you're just kind of like well when's later and I remember just kind of being stuck at, at some point and I looked at a guy and it's like oh you can beat Norman now I was like what like there's nothing in the game that would make me think like oh go get these four badges and I think Diamond and Pearl actually does this with uh, is it Fantina or Fontina I'm getting the vowel wrong uh, yeah whoever the ghost yeah. generator is yeah, you have to come about. back to her after doing something completely different or getting an, another two gym badges um, and it's just one of those things where, oh, well, the gym's closed. And the, but at least she shows up to you at some point and she goes, Hey, you look strong. Go, go to this gym. I'll fight you. So the game is now leading you in that direction, but the game, but Hoenn doesn't do that. And Hoenn, the remakes were so boring. <laughs> the Omega Ruby Alpha yeah, Sapphire. I wasn't that into Omega Ruby Sapphire either. I'll such that. a slog. It took me three years to beat it. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire is the only time I've skipped out on a mainline Pokemon game. Although in hindsight, I might have skipped out on Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon as well. But Omega Ruby's Alpha Sapphire is yeah, the only I time where I said I don't, I don't care to get this. Sorry. Yeah, I think for though the only pro the main I have more problems with with Zeno than I do uh, Hoenn, and that's only because of the functions of the game. And I feel like the remakes will hopefully fix this. But the fact that like mm. if you if you Oko a Blissey, you could like bake a potato by the time the HP bar runs down, it'll probably be done. Your dinner's ready, and you're just like waiting yeah, platinum, and platinum waiting. Fixes that a bit. Yeah, Platinum <laughs> fixes it a little bit, but it's still there. Like I, Blissies and Waylords, I swear to God, like you can just like do a mindfulness session 
and just like do breathing exercises while waiting for the HP bar to go down. Um, but also like just the pacing of, of Sinnoh is really bad. Platinum fixes that quite a bit. The motivations are really bad in Sinnoh. Um, Platinum fixes that quite a bit. Uh, so it's really hard for me to say like, do I really want to get rid of Sinnoh? And do the remakes that are coming out later this year, will that fix that for me? So I probably would probably... Well, you're forgetting the other big problem with Sinnoh, which wasn't a problem for me because well, I started with Chimchar. But if you didn't start with Chimchar and you wanted a fire type, well, I hope you like Ponyta because that is your only option. But people casually forget that that's Johto's problem too. And you don't get... Growlithe you can Vulpix. get Growlithe and Vulpix if you don't pick Cyndaquil, but you can only get one or the other depending on which game you have. And that's it for like 30 hours until you go to Kanto and then you can get Slugma and Houndour. You can get Entei. You can get Magmar <laughs> yes, too. Hang on, no, there's a couple you can get. So it's not as a, much of a drought, <laughs> but it's the two Pokemon that are exclusive to like the new Pokemon that are in Johto you don't get until you beat the game and go to Kanto. Otherwise, it's it's two Cantonian oh, Pokemon. Yes, yeah, so that's a fundamental flaw with the game. But that's also like it, it. I think it's a bigger problem when you when you have access to only one Fire type versus the new Pokemon in the game. You have to unlock yeah. them. That's how I see. So it. I would say I would probably still go with Hoenn. Like if I could remove one game or one region or one series from existence, um, I would probably say Ruby and Sapphire. Um, but just because I'm just really not a fan of what Hoenn has um and that's only because I'm hoping that a lot of my issues with Sinnoh get fixed with the remakes if they don't Sinnoh can just sink into the ground uh <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll return to this question in a year and we'll see how I how my feelings yeah. have changed um so that's my answer uh do, do we get everyone I I talked really long on that I haven't, um, so I have not played Diamond and Pearl, and I have not played Black and White, so, like, I don't have anything there, so I don't want them to disappear, because I want them to, to I want to experience them. <laughs> yeah, you have a fair <laughs> chance first. Exactly, and I know everybody loves Johto, but I just didn't like the starters minus Ch- Chikorita's great, Chikorita's adorable, but I think it's just because Totodile just kind of got on my nerves. <laughs> I love Tot- Y'all coming from a know. heart right I think now. Gen 2 has the I'm so safest sorry. starters. Totodile got on my nerves for some reason. I don't know why, but he did. Yeah, when, um, when are we going to talk but- about the firefighting I- issues? <laughs> oh, yeah. But also, I love the music in Johto, so I wouldn't, yes. I wouldn't want that to disappear. And then also, that's didn't wasn't Pokemon Crystal yeah, it was. Johto, yeah. yeah. And I loved Pokemon Crystal. So all of the third yeah. it, like versions of gens are great, like Crystal, yeah. Emerald, Platinum, Black like, and let's White. Let's get back to that, please. Black I thought Crystal white. was wonderful. <laughs> so, and I, I think it's just I didn't really like the legendary dogs that much either. But mm, interesting. There wasn't that much in... I'm going to have to go with Gen 3, though, because there just wasn't anything in it that was super memorable to me, I guess. I don't know. There just, it just didn't stand out like the others did. <laughs> we didn't have to save huh? Hoenn, is what we're talking... is what we're trying to say here. Right. Groudon or Kyogre exactly. could have just it- continued to do their thing. <laughs> <laughs> and we could have just... 
Yeah. Nobody would and have Brendan noticed. and May are just kind of like, well, I didn't like this place anyway. <laughs> I think people yeah, would have a newfound appreciation for Hoenn if like all of a sudden in these Gen 4 remakes after you beat the game and you beat all the frontier brains at the fr- battle frontier which by the way also should be included in the Gen 4 remakes after you beat them all they go congratulations you're quite the powerful <laughs> trainer here take this it's called a yeah. Hoenn ticket and then all of a sudden all of Gen 3 is just also baked into the remakes I think people would get a newfound appreciation for Ben, but otherwise, I think Hoenn is sadly a lost cause right now. Man, these are these are some spice takes. I didn't know there was so much Gen Three hate. Oh my god! I, I joined the wrong podcast. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> I, I I didn't ask this question, um, but I feel like that is one thing that I've always wanted from the Pokemon series is let me go back to a place. In the same way that Johto did, where it's a different oh, yeah. time frame. And I guess we're going to get that with Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> tight. Um <laughs> But I feel like, yeah, that that's one thing I've always wanted the franchise to do again, is let me go back to Hoenn years after the incidents occurred, or even before the incidents occurred. Like, shortly before Brendan and May go off on their adventure. Kind of, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee sort of do it where Ash and Gary or Red and Blue have technically already done their thing or have right. started to do their thing but then they do this weird retcon bit where they're just Pokemon trainers that have gone out and already like they're going out and they're doing the Pokemon thing and then you and Chase and Trace show up and Elaine uh, from Seinfeld show up and also start doing their thing, but they get wrapped up in the Team Rocket stuff, not not necessarily red and blue and and green. Um, but yeah, let me let me do that. Let me go back to a region or get a second map to go back to after finishing the first half. Like Galar would be Gen Eight could be so crazy if instead they just added DLC regions. Like I'm just I'm trying to put wrap that around in my head. Um, yeah, that'd be dope. But Back to the actual questions that I did put on here. Um, what is one series feature, and by feature I mean like secret bases, poffins, the underground. What is one series feature that you wish would return to the series and why? And just keep in mind I wrote this before we found out about the Gen 4 remakes. <laughs> well, I think one of the things you were literally just talking about with getting to go back to old regions in different time periods, I think that's something from the Johto games that is awesome. And honestly, literally everything from like HeartGold Soul Silver, like the night and day feature, having your Pokemon follow you on the map, which again they did bring back in Let's Go. But it's like small stuff like that is just so cute and it it brings a lot more depth to the games in my opinion and maybe it's just like the animal crossing fan in me but i like the night day system like i think that's really cool um those like i feel like those are like all like really really small things but those are the first things that came to my mind when i read that question amanda how about you um i did like the night day cycle a lot and i liked having a pokemon follow you around that was always cool so cute. um Kind of like the, wish they bring back the slot machines from Red and Blue. <laughs> Those were fun. I got some bad news for you. Bring back the gambling. 
<laughs> I had so Bring much fun gambling, gambling in that game. Bring back gambling. <laughs> Bring back the gambling. And I miss when the rival was just a jerk. I kind of want to have another mean rival again. Did, how did you feel about Hop? Too squishy? Yeah, he didn't really bother. He was just whatever. He's fine. <laughs> He There's a just, lot of hop haters out there. I'm kind of just, yeah, I'm on the same page. Uh, like, yeah, he's hop, fine. Hop, you're just a kid, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shut up, you. Barry. Uh, so first of all, with the rivals, I mean, obviously I love a nice, mean rival that you just want to beat. But I think I have a soft spot for Barry because he's actually, like, a competent trainer who helps you in one of your yes, situations. Yes, I agree. Because I, I, I remember, I remember when I finally did play Pokemon Platinum, I thought it was cool when you were on Spear Pillar and you're about to fight two galactic people at the same time and Barry just comes in and goes hey 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 don't start the party without me and then all of a sudden it's a tag battle and I'm like oh that's cool Barry's yeah. got personality uh, he's got spunk yeah like Probably he's, he's actually a Barry good trainer up. it's just everyone dismisses him because he's not a, a punk but uh, in terms of features I want back I mean Battle Frontier we gotta have um, I don't think they're gonna have Pokemon follow you in the Gen 4 remakes just because of the art style but the Pokemon do follow you in Gen 8 if you buy the, the DLC packs yeah. So right, right. It's possible that that'll continue, and I, I, I think that'd be cool. True. I think they need to, they need to rework it a little bit because some Pokemon are just like so slow that it doesn't <laughs> always feel like they're following you. Uh, but it, it, you know, it's the, it's the thought that counts, I guess. Uh, if, if they're gonna do it though, I do want it to be more like Let's Go, where you can actually like ride yeah. certain Pokemon, or like some Pokemon oh, are intentionally yes. slow, like Venusaur hops like a frog or something like that, and I'm like, all right, that's cute. Uh, yeah. But uh, the, the only it's other feature. Detail. The only other feature I can think of, which technically doesn't even exist yet, is I'd, I'd love for some way to, I guess it's kind of like secret bases in the Gen 3 remakes, I'd love for you to be able to battle another trainer or another human player without the human player being there. And I actually theorized that like if they wanted to do something like a Pokemon trainer amiibo, and you could save your team to an amiibo, and then you could scan that person's amiibo and then be able to battle that team... I thought that would be cool because there's rental teams now. So you can you can rent someone else's team with a code. So why can't I battle someone else's team with a code? That's kind of what I want as a competitive player. But otherwise, the main thing I want is a battle frontier. Uh, I, th- I think we're going to be okay with Pokemon games going forward. I think oh, I want raid battles to continue, if that's fair. Raid battles are fun. Get them, I don't think we're going to get them in the Gen 4 remix, but maybe in a Gen 9 yeah. or if they, if they do a Sword 2 and a Shield 2 or something like yeah. that. We'll get, I, I think they'll come back is my point. So th- that's what I want. Yeah, I feel like the raid feature is something that really should continue because now we're talking about Pokemon has always tried to do like certain minor cooperative things like the Poffin building, like require like in order to build better ones, you need your friends to mix with you. Uh, but I feel like the raids are like the first time that they really invented something uh, that was like very helpful and very meaningful to like the cooperative scene because Pokemon's always been about competitive for a long long time but they've never really focused on anything that that allowed you to kind of play with other people cooperatively because I'm, I'm personally speaking I'm not very good at competitive stuff um I played Splatoon for a while uh, <laughs> and I'm and I'm okay at Mario Kart and that's pretty much where it stops so <laughs> I you know I feel like doing the more cooperative stuff is more inviting to me as a player. So the fact that Pokemon like really introduced something that brings that back is very important and should come back for a previous series feature. That's a very interesting point. Like I never really thought about like, Oh, I want to 
I want to, like, Bede was the asshole, like, in Gen 8. Yeah. And I, that's good. Like, I, I'm, I like this because I think with Gary being constant, like, douchebag was supposed to teach a lesson about, like, how to be a nice person, like, and, and Silver almost does this to, like, a criminal extreme where he's just like, I beat my Pokemon and I don't understand why they don't like me. And then he just, like, harumphs off somewhere <laughs> else and then you you meet him again. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I realize you need to be friends with your Pokemon. Um, and what was it? Uh, there's a trainer and I don't remember what gen it is. But he has all poke. He has, like, a bunch of Pokemon that are friendship-based evolutions. And it was one... It might actually be in Alola. Um, where the f- the last time you fight them, his Pokemon have finally done the friendship evolution, meaning that he finally learned to love his Pokemon and to get that respect and affinity with them. And they don't really like outright tell you that, but it's sort of like these Pokemon never evolve. And then all of a sudden he now has all these friendship based evolutions. Um, and so I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. Um, that reminds me of a, an anime episode where Ash, like, faces this, like, fake gym kind of guy, and he just, like, almost, like, straight up abuses all the Pokemon. Oh, the Sandshrew episode, like, yeah. Got, like, the Sandshrew, yeah. Oh, yeah, but they all love him. The guy was trying him. to win 100 battles yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, where would I go? Uh, what specifically? Because, unfortunately, some of these things have been brought back. But, um... You know, I did have an answer for this, and I suddenly can't. I, I think I my one answer was like bringing back the Pokemon following you, and the fact that they they brought that back. I was like, oh, okay, well, and yeah, I, I forgot that in um, is it the Crown Tundra they bring it back? So well, it's, it's Isle of Armor. Yeah, Isle to, of like, Armor. The game it's first. Isle of Armor. Okay, I forgot yeah. which one. Yeah, but it, it's only there, right? Only in the Isle of... You can have your Pokemon follow you in the Crown Tundra, too. But, yeah, it's only in those two locations. Okay. They just don't do it in the wild area, which I guess... Mm -mm. Yeah. I think uh, going forward, I do like this idea. I can't really remember any previous feature that hasn't come back in some way, especially recently. Um, Even Underground is technically coming back, we assume. But if I had to pick a feature that I want to keep seeing moving forward... um, uh, so the fact that you can see Pokemon on the map has been extremely helpful in time saving, um, especially when it comes to like either hunting or shiny hunting in general. Yeah. And I think that's what I would want to continue seeing moving forward is being able to see Pokemon spawn on the map and being able to kind of I, I wish they could I could see even more of that where you can see like little Pokemon interactions take place. Um, I agree on the side like they kind of showed off a little bit when you first walk out of your home and you see like you know pokemon flying in the in the distance um so it'd be nice to kind of see some more of that um pokemon interactions on the maps and finally one last question for y'all which franchise spinoff would you want to see continue and which one would you never want to see again so these are specifically the spinoff games which one would you want to see continue and which one would you never want to see again? Well, Pokemon Snap is continuing. So <laughs> yes. That's great. I was going to say, if you asked me a year ago, easily I would have said Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. But since that is continuing, I'm going to say Pokemon Puzzle League. 
took my oh, he took like my whole good... my whole phrasing. I was like, well, because we got a Pokemon <laughs> Snap sequel, that's not my answer anymore. So I guess I'll go with Pokemon Puzzle. All right, well, that's my answer too. <laughs> Well, the problem is, like, at least one franchise spinoff doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't need to exist. The Pokemon Stadium franchise doesn't need to exist anymore. But that the- That's my answer, though. I love Pokemon Stadium, and mainly, like, I loved the Pokemon Stadium mini-games. That was my shit mm-hmm. growing up. Like, the Lickitung Sushi game, mm-hmm. the Kakuna Harden set. game, the Rattata running. Yeah, the, the Hypno, yeah. Rhythm love it game. All. Love, love, love it all. Yeah, I would like to see uh like how Mario Party just had a oops all games, all mini games, 3DS game. Um it would be interesting to see them release like a twenty dollar like mi- Pokemon mini game compilation game uh with yes. like maybe returning stuff and new stuff. Uh, Take my money. I, that's kind of what I thought Poke Park was gonna be, but it for better or for Not worse, more. it wasn't, but then it kind of wasn't really for me, so. Eh. Yeah. What? So, I think we've... Shin, did you have one specifically, or was it just the, the mini games? It, it's pretty much just that. Um, do you guys remember there was a, a Game Boy, like, Pokemon trading card game? Yes, it yeah. had a sequel. That? Yeah, like, that'd be cool, honestly, if they brought that back. Um, there, there's really nothing that I would never want to see again, though. Like, I, I can't think you don't of. Want to a- see Hey You Pikachu again? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, Hey You Pikachu. I that still one have I want my to microphone. Come back. I still have my microphone. It was awful, though. It didn't work. I I remember. I, I enjoyed like I sometimes I enjoyed fussing at P- Pikachu, but then I felt really bad for it. Oh, it was just so finicky for me. Like it would never work yeah. very properly, but. Oh uh, yeah, I loved Hey You Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a that's a pretty safe answer. I'd be interested in in seeing them do a game like that again <laughs> with modern technology. So that's why I'm not a, that's exactly. why I'm not rushing to that answer. Uh, you know, there's a lot of games I'd like to see given a second chance. Like I'd love if Pokemon Dash was given a second chance. I'd love if uh, mm. you know, like Pokemon Conquest was given a second chance. You know, I, I'd love all those things. Mm. So, but the question is like, what's the one I'd never want to see again? Yeah, I'm stuck on that. I can't think of anything. I'm actually surprised no one was like, oh, let's keep Mystery Dungeon going. Because besides the remake of the first game, we haven't seen a new one in quite some time. I mean, there, um, there were a bunch of 3DS Mystery Dungeon games, I thought. But... Yeah, there was no, there was one 3DS one, like Super Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, we it was Super Mystery Dungeon. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's Gates to Infinity on? We got the new Switch one remake. Is Gates to Infinity not DS? a DS? Uh, DS, I, I think, yeah. Oh, okay. I uh, think it's DS. I could be wrong. I think it's DS. Oh, okay. I know a Pokemon <laughs> game that I, I, I don't really I don't really care for and would not be interested in a sequel. Uh, I don't I don't really care for Pokemon Troze, I'm afraid. I, I think <laughs> I was just gonna bring that one up. I, I yeah. think we've got I like between Troze and Puzzle League, I'd rather have Puzzle League. And even though that's not technically a Pokemon IP, I, I, I think that's more fun than Troze. So I, I wouldn't mind killing Troze if it means getting more The puzzles. most memorable thing about Troze was the commercial. The That's song, true. it gets oh, stuck yeah. in my head every once in a blue. Tro- Troze, four yeah. in a row, and you're good to go. But that's it. I don't remember the actual <laughs> gameplay at all. <laughs> if, if I want to be really harsh, like I don't care for Pokemon Cafe Mix either, but I haven't played it. 
So I, that's a good point. Be, like one one of those two games, I would trade for more Puzzle League. Fair enough. Um, I don't think I. It's not that I want it to disappear, but I don't think it would do anything for me if I never saw another Pokemon Ranger for the rest of my life. I I did think about that one as well. Yeah, I I didn't get super into Pokemon Ranger either, but I know there's some really, you know, diehard Ranger fans. So I feel bad like saying I never want to see it again. Like I just I don't have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like I don't want to sound rude, but I feel like exactly. the with with Pokemon Ranger, it was a it was a DS game. It, the whole purpose of its control scheme was to use the touchscreen. So I could kind of see that working as a Switch game, but I feel like it would they would have to either shoehorn regular controls into it or it would have to be a handheld-only game. Um, mm-hmm. One that I would really like to see continue... <laughs> I think the only... The, you know, Fate may answer this question for us if sleep never comes out. I'll tell you that for free. Yo, I need Pokemon sleep. I need it. <laughs> we all need I Pokemon need it. Sleep. I genuinely want that. <laughs> I want it. I've been sleeping a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I I feel like Hey You Pikachu would be great in VR. Oh my, oh my gosh, yes. Wow. Like bring it That'd back in VR. Or AR, however you want to do it. I feel like AR might be easier and you just have a cheap little phone game that you can do. True. Yeah. I mean, Pokemon Go, there's already so many AR features. Like, there's a huge AR photography community online. And I know recently Microsoft and and Niantic are, like, partnering to work on, like, a HoloLens technology that's incorporating with Pokemon Go. Where, Mm. like, you can already do, like, that kind of AR stuff in Pokemon Go, but it's, like, kind of simplistic. But... I, at some point in the future, they're going to make it even more advanced with some Microsoft technology. So I'm excited about that. I think it's going to be dope. Yeah. I think the Switch can be capable. I mean, they've tried to do it with their not really VR, but kind of VR, uh, you know, Samsung glasses thing with the Switch with the cardboard. So I feel like that would be a pretty easy, cheap thing for them to do and might <laughs> sell that VR headset as a unit. But that's it for me, um, and I believe we have reached the end of our discussion, um, about as long as I expected it to be, <laughs> but thank you all so much for for being here with me and, and hanging out with me and talking about um, probably one of the most influential uh, franchises in the history of the world, um, and in its 25th anniversary, although you'd never know it based off how Nintendo's been kind of silent about it. And we got a Pac-Man game <laughs> like yesterday. Uh, so thank you, everyone. Let's let's do a little round and see uh, where can we find you? What are y'all up to? We can start with Amanda. Where can we find you? What have you been up to lately? You can find me in many places. You can find me on Twitter at Amanda Van Heil. You can find me on Twitch at Panda Princessa. And you can find me on the Zelda Universe YouTube channel, Zelda Universe TV. I host Zelda News. And I'm also the host of the Shine Sparkers podcast with ShineSparkers.net. And those are the main places you can find me. Shin, where can and we I'm find you? I'm streaming Hollow Knight right now. Oh, right, right, right now, right this very minute. Man, yes, some, right this second, I am streaming Hollow Knight. Some amazing while multitasking. While talking to you guys, because I am that good at multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> Shin, where can we find you? 
you can find me on YouTube and Twitter at Shinjinator. Uh, I'm, I'm not as active on YouTube anymore, but I mostly do like movie-related content, Pokemon card openings, other video game stuff. And I'm also the host of a Pokemon podcast, which is perfect for this. It's a weekly Pokemon news podcast called Podcast Monsters, so you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcasts on. And Yosh, how about you? Hi, so I do YouTube videos on my channel all the time. Plenty of Pokemon stuff. I compete. I just, I, I play Pokemon. That's what you got to know. And I do a bunch of other gaming Nintendo usually related videos as well. And then my Twitter is real Yoshiller because Twitter.com slash Yoshiller is someone else who stole my username. So it's <laughs> Twitter.com slash real Yoshiller. That's me. He's a fake. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to the fakes. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it, only, I made it right when you're famous enough. Someone else wants to be you, so they take your name on a social that's media. Right. There you go. You, that's free real you know, estate. Even in Pokemon Go, someone took my name, so I had to be Yoshi Hat Guy. But it's okay. I make it work. <gasps> I've I've <laughs> seen so Hat many guy. people who Yoshi Yoshi Hat Guy. Yeah. Uh, there are at least a couple people who I've made friends with, and I was kind of like, "That's your Pokemon trainer name." It's like, "Oh yeah, my real name was taken." I was like, "That's fair." <laughs> yeah. So life advice, yeah, if you're that. even thinking about playing a game one day, just get it, make your name in it, and then you don't have to play it ever again. <laughs> That's yeah. right. You squat don't it. Don't even think about it. Don't yeah. let nobody else have it. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for coming down. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Um, if you're listening to this on Spotify, thank you for listening to us on on your favorite podcasting station uh we will i will be back next probably next friday or some other friday doing a semi-regular podcast it's semi-regular both in tone and in appearances because it's not every friday but it will be on fridays when it is out um if you're watching this on twitch.television be sure to uh follow if you have not already um we will i will continue doing these panels bringing in all kinds of guests you never know who's going to be on the next dialogue box so definitely stay tuned and follow me on twitter at laughing boy lp for more updates uh i i'm suddenly beginning to be very good at diary of the mouth but until next time goodbye everybody thank you for watching and we'll see you next time goodbye <laughs>